the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are sniffing our way through Apple's enological drama, Drops of God, dealing with some A&E drama with Neve Algar in Malpractice on ITV, and seeing Double with Rachel Weisz in Dead Ringers on Prime Video. And speaking of which, Rachel, albeit just one of her, joins us on the show a little later on, accompanied by creator Alice Birch. But that's not all either, because just as we all get stuck into the fourth episode of Yellow Jackets, Melanie Linsky joins us on the show to talk all about how season two is going. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters and a podcast that was delighted to hear the news that Wes Chatham, aka The Expanse's Amos Burton, is the latest person to join the cast of the upcoming Ahsoka show, which is 100% the big news there. Plus, you know, David Tennant is in it, Hayden Christensen may be returning and Lars Mikkelsen is returning as Grand Admiral Thrawn. But the main news is that the legendary Wes Chatham has joined the cast. I think we can all agree. But let's get that a little bit later because with me are my two screaming firehawk friends uh boyd hilton and Kay ribeiro how you doing not too bad james how Hi. about you I, I i'm fine see see if you can if you can listeners if you can hear the, the tension in the mm. air there's some tension in the air let me just tell you it all kicked off just before we started recording boydie was sitting in Kay's chair that went badly i may have cast aspersions on a certain magazine which went badly as well he was, uh, guys he was Steady. a real dick <laughs> apparently I was being a dick he was so said, Boyd wasn't he being a dick yes but also you were insisting on sitting in that seat so I mean you know let's, <laughs> let's, let's share the blame around yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think there's, I think there's we're judging I think there's all I'm going to say I'm going to say is you know you buy someone cake are they grateful no they're not do you know not. what you buy someone cake and then you post a horrendous picture of Boyd <laughs> oh, oh here we go yeah, come on let's just here we go I'm we? getting in shit about the picture which I had to delete <laughs> I don't want didn't have to. Boyd didn't make me delete it. I volunteered to delete <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. I did not have the picture cleared with Boydie's people, which is where I obviously I just, went wrong. But it's not even about clearance, although obviously all picture approval is needed yeah. in pictures of me. But it's like, did you not even look at the picture? Well, I didn't zoom in in like forensic no, but detail. but you open your eyes when you... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's fairly obvious that you looked at the picture of yourself. I was yeah. in it. Sure you... I was oh, no, in it. In it. I, I took course. the picture. That's true. If <laughs> you had been in it, though, he to does, continue yeah. my point, <laughs> like, if you had been so in it... So hang on, this is when, now a hypothetical. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine really you are very careful in looking at the pictures of yourself that yeah. you post on social or media. Or even on here. Rare as that is, admittedly. So, yeah, when it came to looking at a picture of the person <laughs> not even a glance and not even see the fact that I look like some kind of psycho victim of a of a <laughs> cruel medical accident <laughs> uh, mixed with Hannibal Lecter oh, it was horrible. and a series of I serial see, killers I no. didn't think that see I thought it looked absolutely fine until people what? started zooming in and they, they posted yeah. this no, and I was like okay it's James, maybe not the most flattering there's something wrong with you not the most flattering it was her- no point <laughs> sorry I, about this boy no look when I, I mean, saw no when I saw the picture and because I think I was the first out of the three you know like out of us two to see mm. it and I thought Oh my God, he, Boyd's not going to be happy with that. But I thought, I don't want to text him because <laughs> A, he might not have seen it. I don't want to be the person to deliver that news. And B, like I thought, you know what? He might think it's all right. And then I don't want to say, <laughs> no, what is that picture? I'm not psychotic. Yeah. I didn't think it was all right. Well, what's quite funny is in the reactions to it, among the reactions to it, were quite a few people <laughs> which slightly warmed the cogs of my hearts in a weird way, thought it was James. So <laughs> I was like, there are two middle-aged white bald guys on this podcast, right? Mm. And they were like, that could narrow it down to one or other of us. And yeah, there were two, people, two or three people were like, James, you look really weird. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it's not him. Yeah, the James 
I did really weird in this picture. There you go. Thank you very much. So everyone just thought it was me. Uh, some Fine. people, not everyone, okay. some people thought it was you, which was hilarious. But yeah, you managed to take, I mean, it's quite a skill. <laughs> the worst photo of me I've ever seen in my long, long life. Is that not just your cake face? No, oh. it, was, it was. You just call me a moment. This is a moment. It's this a is why. Link, I if think. you want to know why, right? Celebrities, anyone in, in, who gets their photo taken on a regular basis. Are you calling basis. yourself a celebrity just for No, 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 not at all. Okay, and what fine. I'm saying is, if you want to know why those people have picture approval <laughs> yeah. on all for of their Bell pictures, like stop this, this kind of thing happens. <laughs> when you take photos of people, you can capture them with a certain expression, unfortunate expression on their face that makes them look like they've had a stroke or something, it was, it as was... it did in this case. And you you don't give approval to but you find another picture, a better one, which doesn't make you look so horrendous. Awful. That's what picture proof was all about. Yeah. And it does, whenever this, I mean, it's hardly ever, I've never seen a picture, as I say, of that myself, that literally monstrous. Whenever now, nightmares. I feel now I'm going to be more patient with famous people. I'm waiting for picture approval. I'm writing a feature about some <laughs> superstar. And they, you can't give fucking approval. I'm like, no, give them time because they won't have checked how hideous they look, like I did in the picture James took of me that time. I think the the sting in this tale was that also that James suddenly went AWOL. He posted and yeah. ran. That's the other thing. He, he yeah. dropped the bomb. Yeah. The Hideous monster bomb, yeah. and then he ran. Well, the reason for that was, as you know, we were going to do the Succession episode three spoiler special for Pilot Plus, which we did. And so, even though I don't watch Succession, you know how I hate spoilers. So I thought, well, I've got to stay off social media now because I can't see, because I know something's happening in this episode. I don't want to know what that is. So I was trying to stay off Twitter, so I didn't see all of the conversation about yeah, this but what picture. About the WhatsApps, mm. multiple WhatsApps. Yeah. Well, once boy texted me, say, "What the <laughs> fuck is this picture?" I was like, "Oh, I should probably go and have a look." Which you then, which you proceed to on all your socials. <laughs> By the way, I mean, I haven't even checked TikTok. <laughs> yes, there is a, a remix version James, on TikTok. James is very big on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I am. I'm big with the talkers. It was uh, quite a sock. Anyway, so as yes. you can tell, there was an underlying tension. Yeah. yeah. Talking of the um, of succession and the spoiler alert, we today we found out that one of our colleagues on the art desk of our magazine um, hadn't watched that succession episode, <laughs> that succession episode that we did the spoiler special yeah. on. Even it came out on Monday, right? More fact, Sunday. 2 a.m. slash Monday. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but now Thursday, she still hadn't watched the episode and she was furious because she had to read my column on it in which I obviously discussed <laughs> but the whole thing. But she had avoided step four yeah, days. Avoided every, At no, what but, point though? I know we've had this discussion before, but come on, there's got to be no. a point where fans of the show just assume they would have no, watched it by boy, now. you can't say that. Like she's a very busy woman. She's got a full-time I'm not going to go job, at her. I'm just saying. And she avoided everything and then the poor bastard was laying out your column and then you just had this massive, oh my God. I was like, what's happened? What's happened? This is our colleague Debs and she was like, boy, he's just ruined it for me. And I thought, mm. Mm, of course he has. But, you know, I mean, it's got to be. The, the Daily Mail had literally had its on its front page on Wednesday. But as she said, yeah. she's not a Daily Mail reader. No, I know. And I'm not, of course not, no. But I'm just saying that's I mean, an yeah, example. Daily Mail in twat no. shocker. I know, like. I know, I know, I know. Of course, yeah. Horrendous, <laughs> but there you go. I will say, there was, you know, of, of the only, I don't, I'm not sure which was the bigger controversy, the spoilers over succession or the spoilers over the, well, the debate about the picture or the spoilers over the cake. Like, there was a lot of yeah. discussion about because I had yeah. said, yes. officially on last week's podcast, that Pat Val does not exist south of Hadrian's Wall. Mm, yeah. like, said, it turns out that's us. not accurate and there's one in, I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere Central not local. London. Yep. I don't think it was Central London. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was, there, was some, there was one somewhere like around somewhere uh, to which one of our listeners pointed out, no, 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 no. 
Cutter and Squidge is the HBO of cakes. And she said that Pat Val is the ITV of cakes, which was a bit of a... Wasn't that the ITV Ooh. employee who said that? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. I don't okay, think okay, so. That's so. probably a sackable offence. I was just checking. Uh, I think that's a bit unf- I mean, Seems unfair harsh. all round. I mean, Seems I harsh. First of all, the ITV of anything shouldn't be an insult. Yes, we've, we've established exactly. that. And um, Pat Val is very nice. And, but the, Pat the, the, Val the, is my, superior. The cake you gave us. Having tried Pat Val and tried your little... Is this vengeance for my comments earlier and us slagging off the cake, which I kindly gave you last week. You were a dick before. Um, and it wasn't a cake, it was a slice. But yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> no, I'm very grateful. But I'm just saying out of the two, I think I do prefer Pat Val. Your oh, one was delicious. Oh, fine, yeah. fine, good. All right, well, I'll remember that for next time. Thanks. There'll be no cutter and squidge for you. There will be a next time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While we're on apologies, I should say that a few people mentioned to me that I talked about May Martin's new show last week, very excitedly in news, and I was saying how brilliant um, everything, everything they do is. And they pointed out that I refer to her as she, her. Oh, yeah, and, no, they um, And their preferred pronouns are they, them, but, uh, and I am apologising, because I, 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 I genuinely, I, I would say this to you, when you're, the, again, when you're an old white man, it's so difficult, that is one of the most difficult things to get to grips with when you're an old man like me, because they, them, referring to a singular person, that's the element of it. Well, you really yeah, have you're to, not thinking, you're thinking plural versus yeah, singular. right? Yeah. And so that's that's my excuse to get it wrong. I, but and the other the only other thing I would say is having interviewed May Martin a, a few times when Bang. they were going through this whole thing of, of gender and and they don't like to talk about gender all the time anyway. They make that point in the stand up special etc. And interviews they do, but they're very relaxed about it. Mm. You know, it's Just not. Say so May. I'm, May is very yeah, but even then, you know, you can't. That, that's slightly unnatural as well. Forcing yourself to say "may" into every single shoehorning there, into every single sentence. Anyway, I've I've entered this arena. Yeah. I'm apologising <laughs> slash explaining. That's my. Are apologia. we still in the apology segment? Because yeah. so I've just got to oh. cover something. I just want to send. Um, this an is a apolog- new. This could be a new. Um, a new <laughs> feature. Look, he looks the so Maya Culpa segment. Yeah. Mm. Are you apologising to me? Is that what this is? Because you know, I'm not accepting not. it. We haven't finished that discussion from before the pod. No, I just wanted to apologise to Nicole Tembush who very, 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 very kindly sent us a package early April, like before Easter. This I is, got... Just to be clear, this is the package that you shunned. That's is that one. No, uh, okay. it's not. I, so I got <laughs> notification of a package arriving. I went to, um, it was just before Easter. I had a look and it looked like, because I'm also a books editor, I get sent a lot of books and it was in a box shaped of a book and it was wrapped in plastic, but I could just feel it. I was like, I said to the um, the courier guy, Nick, I was like, oh, it's a book. I'll open it after Easter. Anyway, I've just opened up all my inverted commas books and one turns out to be a box of delicious brownies sent Delicious by... stale brownies that have been no, sitting in the courier room for a week and a half. They were vegan brownies. They didn't go off. They were in perfect condition. They had been in the courier room for a week and a half. Okay, fine. That's but we all ate them. That. I made everyone eat yeah. some because I wanted, I didn't want it to go to waste. And everyone actually, I have to say, in the office did like devour them. So I just want to say a big thank you to Nicole. It was very kind of you. She said, love the pilot TV podcast. And she sent us brownies, I presume, because she figured that you'd be a tight bastard and wouldn't you buy us anything. <laughs> so thank you. She didn't think I'd get you cake. Do you no, think that's what it was? I think she thought you'd let us down. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good that you but treated you, you treated her a gift of food with the same contempt that you treated mine. So that's, that's <laughs> nice. It's an equal opportunity. No, I really did like yours, Nicole. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to apologise for while we're at this? No, I think I'm, no? Good now. We're done. I think I'm done. Okay, yeah. good. good. Yeah. Right, fine. Shall we move on to what we have, in fact, been watching this week? Uh, Kay was unprepared for that question, <laughs> even though it's always the only segment of the podcast, so I'll step in. Um, do you know what I've been watching? What, boy, pray tell? Beef. <gasps> beef. Beef. Uh, yeah. Beef which we reviewed on this very podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'd, I watched, I think the first two or three at that point. It's a 10-episode, quite an epic 
um, ten episode saga, considering it starts from a very simple premise of a road rage incident, which then kind of spirals out of control. But it is phenomenal. Um, I, it's a bit like as I was saying last week about blue lights, the mm-hmm. other sh- which we, we which actually we only covered in passing because it was such a busy week that week. But I finished that, and that went from being like a really really good show to a really special show. And Beef, which I really liked the first three episodes of, but the more I'm watching it, and I'm now I haven't watched reached the end com- yet completely. I think I'm on episode seven roughly. It's it, it it almost expands its thematic concerns into a whole huge amount of stuff that it's dealing with, kind of general like people's malaise and frustration with life, class conflict, um, marriage, the marriage between the mate between um, Ali Wong's character and her husband is fascinating and weird, it, and it just manages to incorporate loads of stuff about the modern world and modern life in general. It's and it's brilliantly shot and acted. It's Incredibly inventive the way it's made. Is this and put together. No, it's ah. American show. Did you, were you not here when oh, we did beef? No, I was not. Oh, and I thought for the beef. Beef. For a lang- yeah. No, it. no, it's not. It's it, very, very good. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. To the point where you know it's now gonna, it's going to have to be considered in the in the top shows of the year. I think. Mm. Oh, of, gonna, you mean in the list of things that go beneath the Last of Us mm. in the in best shows of the year? Beneath list. Happy Valley yeah, and Beneath the Last and maybe even the Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's really effing great. It's effing great, <laughs> says Boyd. It's <laughs> effing great. Bloody, bloody great. Bloody fucking great, yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, that's the thing I've been watching, mainly. I have been mainly watching Fatal Attraction, the new Paramount Plus series based on the original iconic um, 80s film. Which we'll be reviewing next week. We will be. And I watched it because I was interviewing Lizzie Kaplan, who plays Alex. And, of course... Uh, the future Mr. Obero, Joshua Jackson, mm-hmm. plays uh, Dan. And yes, I can't say anything about it, but that's what I've been doing. Mainly prepping for that and then watching the a million shows uh, for the pods. Very good. I interviewed some people for the show that I've seen that I'm pretty sure I can't talk about still. Still. Uh, it was the previous one, but I did some interviews for that. So when we review that in a couple of weeks' time, uh, I will be able to reveal more about that one. But that was that was very exciting. Can you give us a clue? Uh, I think I've given many clues in the past. You've I think just so you many like clues. Has, has he? Yeah. So many clues. What do you think? What is it? I, mean, I think I've done everything short of actually say the name yeah, of the show, yeah. Silo. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean I the name of the show <laughs> the that show I can't I talk about. It should be called Sheep. <laughs> yes, this oh, is the, the Sheep Show. Right. The Sheep yeah. is the Sheep Show. It is not I mean, a. You sh- can say you can say you've seen it. I've seen it's Silo. It's a review embargo. Yes. It's not. Yes. I have seen it. I am not. I'm not. Yes, you're right. You're right. On you saying you admitted you created. By the way, your own spoiler special for the show because you really really like which you've interviewed all the people in depth for yourself. My own personal entertainment. Yes. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson may or may not, she will, appear on a future episode of the show to talk about Silo, uh, which I may or may not have enjoyed enormously. Um, what else have I been watching? The Mandalorian. So we are obviously oh, I, doing... I watched The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. So, so we've was, yeah. been doing weekly spoiler specials over on the Empire Spoiler Specials right. feed. Are you? How are you feeling about it, Boydie? Well, it hasn't been great. Has Your no. shoulders No, it then? hasn't. Well, if yeah, I was Judy James, body, body language expert, I'll say he was oh, disappointed so, by it. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's about is, to tell us, I think, the same thing. So. Yeah, it, is dis- it has been disappointing. And you know what was even slightly more disappointing for me personally? And I, I think the whole series has not kept up the the kind of strength of the... Of the you know what? It's, it's felt a bit more generic. It's just slid into kind of generic yes. battles and this, that, and the other. Well, it, it also has a, has, a, has a hint of, I would say, like almost fan fiction about it at 
points. So the most recent one, which a lot of people liked and I enjoyed the episode, right, well, but the storytelling was... Gonna, was... Yeah, what I was going to say about the most recent one was, okay. is that loads of people thought, I didn't have a chance to watch it on the day it came out, mm. on the Wednesday. So I was a bit a day late, I think. And it, it amassed such a head of steam from the fans, including Empire's very own Ben. Yeah. I uh, mean, he's excited about everything. He's so. very excited <laughs> about it. I agree with Ben, by the way, about the last Star Wars film, which you hated, but so I'm not I'm not ragging. You're, hang on, you're a closet Rise of Skywalker I've fan. I've said this to you before. You never I think I block it out because yeah. it's one of these things where I it's such a like ridiculous opinion yeah, no, that I just don't think exactly. I can this is what acknowledge fascist, that you have it. That's such a fascist you are. <laughs> so I'm with Ben on a lot of these things, but he really picked it up because they, they showed it during the Star Wars weekend thing, didn't they? Is that right? Celebration, yeah. The celebration thing. <laughs> they, they aired it there like a, a, a few days early. Anyway, so I was like, oh my God, what is this mind-blowing thing? And it just, I, my mind was not blown. I was not, like, is that yeah. it? Like, it's, I mean, it was interesting. Were you going, no, 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 uh, I mean, all that the way was through funny. It, when, yeah, the Grogu being incorporated into the tall robot thing and saying no, no, and yes, yes, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. That, that was what you want more of. Yeah. That, it's like I could have an hour of that and the ramifications of that rather than the battling with the things and the people and all of that. It was just, you know, you just don't need that in the show for me. But I was just, I was left disappointed by the thing that everyone else was really excited about. Yeah. It just wasn't, I was expecting a bit more of that than maybe, maybe there will be more up before the season is out. But is how many more episodes left? One? There's two? one left. One, yeah, left. There's one left. So, I was, visually I was like an amazing scene. There was one amazing, we went through the red like digital yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> red digital <laughs> red things, digital love things. them. I thought, oh, that's great. But, I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. like that amazing, was it? Was I'm with you a bit. I, I wonder whether Andor has just ruined Mando for me because Andor right. was so good. And I feel like now this feels a little bit regressive. But I don't know, we'll see. I'll wait until the finale. Like, I've enjoyed this season. I just yeah. don't think it's been great. No. It's not been like Book of Boba Fett bad. It's been fine. But I just, it's just, I'm not, I'm not quite there. But so I've watched that. Uh, Picard, Picard is oh. uh, is coming towards its conclusion. Uh, the penultimate <laughs> Why episode. Are you speaking like that? I don't know. Uh, the penultimate episode airs today as we record on Thursday. <laughs> right. So that will be out. So we'll just be awaiting the finale as this goes out, which have is very, some, very exciting. Have you got a can of coke there? What's <laughs> yeah. going on behind I the monitor? I can't believe monitor? you have any sister doing specials on that. Well, I mean, no, I'm in negotiations uh, with the showrunner, okay, who is, let's be honest, ignoring me at We're this on those conversations, uh, no. okay? They're high level, expanse level. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to make a Picard spoiler special happen. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. But uh, the, the final episode, uh, entitled "The Last Generation," see what they did there. Mm. Uh, it's getting an IMAX theatrical release, at least in the states. So, wow, yeah, apparently that. Uh, but yes, I'm, I haven't seen the penultimate one, Vox, but I've seen the. So I've seen the last one I've seen was eight, which was Surrender. So. Yeah, I've been, been enjoying Picard a lot. And the other thing I have seen, and I won't go on about this too much because I reviewed it on the Empire Ooh. podcast, so Boydie, you'll get it in your ears oh, when yeah. you go to sleep next. But um, uh, The Last Kingdom, Seven oh, Kings Must Die with Utreda Bebenberg. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that was a lot of fun. I watched that last How weekend. How long is that? Uh, it's two hours. Two, well, yeah, it's two hours. It's two hours. Oh, wow. And it's, okay. uh, it, it covers off the, the final book in Bernard Caldwell's Saxon right. Stories, which is right. called Warlord. Uh, and it uh, sucks Uhtred back into the fight for the throne of England. Well, throne of Wessex, but, you know, anyway. Was Sophie Pettis involved in the writing of that? Or not of this one. Okay. No, no she was not. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so that so had, had a lot of fun was had by me, let's be honest, watching that. And you guys didn't have to because it was embargoed. Oh, you know, I keep thinking of things, I've got to remember to write these things down because there was Mandalorian, which you said, and I I, hitch, I hijacked to be yes, more of my, did. what I'd be watching, frankly. But also, Ted Lasso. Oh, yes. yes. I, I watched yes. that now. Oh, yeah. I forgot. The yeah. fifth Ted Lasso. Yeah. Mm. I mean, 
fantastic, dramatic, interesting. It was scenes. a great episode. Yeah, really yeah. good. It was a great oh wait, episode. I think I've only watched four. What's oh? Because fifth. Has fifth landed our box? Uh, Did you yeah, get so, it early? Yeah, so well, the fifth one has aired now. Right. But, it's, uh, but yes, that, that turned up just before it aired on the screen of things. Uh, I don't think... Uh, all right, I can say without spoiling, it involves a sheep. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have seen mm. this. Okay. There is a sheep and yeah. a bag of poo. Oh, no, I definitely yeah. haven't seen that. I would remember. Uh, Unexpectedly. An unexpected bag of poo. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good episode. It comes back to sheep with you. It does, yeah. It's yeah. Always, always with the sheep. I like wool, I like sheep. Anything really sort of... Uh, Lanolin based. Right. Is that it? Is that all we've been watching? Probably. Well, there's, now, now, now I'm thinking about it, there's probably loads more things, but yeah, we, that's enough, isn't it, for this segment? Okay, fine. <laughs> well, let's move on then to. Should we have an interview? Let's have an interview. Yeah. Let's have a guest, or should I say some guests, uh, because Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch, star and creator respectively of this week's Dead Ringers on Prime, uh, are with us this week. And this show takes the 1988 David Cronenberg movie of the same name and swaps Jeremy Irons for Rachel Weiss as identical twin gynecologist who take full advantage of the fact that no one can tell them apart. And this is Rachel and Alice talking to Boydie. Hi, Rachel and Alice. Thanks for joining us. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having us. What was it about the original Dead Ringers film, the the spectacularly um, edgy David Cronenberg original, Alice, that made you want to do this interesting new take on it i mean it was it was rachel's idea initially and um and so the project came to me from rachel and annapurna um and i hadn't i hadn't seen the cronenberg before i hadn't seen the film so i watched it watched it again um it was sort of and and felt quite frightened i think like at the idea you know both at the the film itself but but the idea the sort of challenge it felt like okay this is going to be a huge challenge there's a lot here but there was so much about the tone that felt really singular and interesting and that there could be really interesting things to borrow. And just that this central relationship between these these twins, like that that I just felt like we can definitely get at least six hours of, of storytelling. And of course, like I was a huge fan of Rachel's as well. So the opportunity to write write two parts for Rachel was pretty cool. So, Rachel, for you, what was it about the original film? So, had the original film just stayed in your memory, or did you somehow rewatch it and and you, you thought, oh yeah, this is this could work as a if we swap the genders, particularly? It just stayed in my memory, and I'd probably seen it again just as a you know a, a tourist um, uh, over the years. Uh, I, I I just love the film. I I think it's just just so iconic and so its own brilliant thing. And just yeah, one day just had a. I guess a daydream of like, oh, I wonder if you could tell that story with. I just wanted to play those roles because I love, mm. I love that central relationship. I love the kind of um, the twisted codependency and the kind of the genre of psychosexual thriller. And uh, yeah, so I just, it was just, it was just a sort of daydream mm. that has happily become a a reality. I love how you've honoured, you have honoured the original film. A lot of, a lot of kind of reimaginings of classic works, they can almost try to ignore the original, but you, you've got the, the logo is similar. The, you have a rabid poster, I noticed at one point, you, you know, and, and almost like the visually, it kind of honours stylistically, but, and the tone, that tone is so unique, isn't it? It's, it feels like it's sick and twisted and very funny at the same time. Was that getting that tone the key to it in a way yeah i think so i think so and i'm so glad you sort of saw all those those things that's very oh, yeah. lovely um <laughs> Good. yeah it's it's um yeah as you say it's so it's so singular and, and yeah sick twisted sexy frightening horrifying and then really funny 
sort of wild. And so that, yeah, that sort of being able to find that and also for it to feel like our own as well yeah, yeah. for sure a challenge. I just wanted to add to that, you know, I think Alice found all of those things that she just described in the writing. And then I think Sean Durkin, who is the director of One, Two and co-directed the episode six, was someone that Alice and I saw, sought out yeah. to establish the series because we felt that his film work and his television work, he did a Channel 4 three-part uh, thing called North Cliff, South Cliff, sorry, no. trying to make everything into North London. Uh, South <laughs> Cliff. Yeah, and he has that kind of, he he manages to get that sense of disquiet yeah, um, and the kind of eeriness and discomfort and you just don't really know how he's done it and he just has that in his directing dna so we i think we were so lucky to collaborate with him and yeah he's very very gifted yeah it brings a real kind of indie movie vibe as well i feel like him and karen kasama is another great kind of indie director as well i was going to ask but for you what's the biggest challenge of playing twins of doing just shooting it you know doing it all of these scenes where you're playing these two different characters interacting so seamlessly you completely forget as a viewer that you're the same actor doing it but what was the what was the most difficult challenge for you um well thank you it's so lovely that that's how you um experienced it um i mean i i had a i had this incredible gift in the it, the the writing had these radically different characters that different um different interior lives, different psychology, different relationships to pleasure. I mean, they were just so, just one of them alone would have been enough in terms of like a really complex, meaty human being. But there were were two of them and they're codependent and intertwined. And so I, I, I found them through the writing first and foremost. And then what was your question? What was was difficult? Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically I suppose. What do you Technically, think? Technically, I, I would for we because of course it's double everything, and every time that there was a, a twinning scene, we we would have like Rachel would play one twin, and then we would need to choose a hero scene mm-hmm. for her to play opposite. So that sort of thing of being able to try things out and try multiple takes and stuff like that that was, you know, therefore like often limited. And I think that that was definitely something that felt frustrating that you wish you had so much more time like you're on a clock but I do think there was something about that as well that that kind of slightly compressed mm-hmm. yeah like that that also fueled it in a way but that was for sure challenging and, and yeah figuring that out like having to learn that was yeah difficult. so if we did 10 takes of Elliot on one side of the frame we'd often begin with Elliot because she set the pace then then Alison the director would choose one take out of the 10 and then we would have to be on the other side and match to that so normally if you're filming it in the in the edit you'd have all those 10 takes to choose from but so there were there were really big decisions that yeah. you and the director I didn't I sometimes said to Alice oh I had a feeling about fun. three yeah. and I may may have been right or wrong I don't know but Alice and the director would choose so that was yeah that was a a totally different process to have to yeah, do that it's, it's, yeah not no, yeah yeah, it's a bit like theatre. It's like this is the right. One. I'm thinking of the big the big dinner party scene with the extraordinary opioid family, as I'm calling them. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I know those scenes are difficult anyway when you have that many people around the table. But with with Rachel playing two characters as well, yeah. I mean, that must have been a, just a complex 
situation nightmare. I love adenosine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just really, I I think there's, they are my favorite things to write because because and it's um so I had a lot of fun and there are lots of dinner scenes in the series <laughs> they kept sort of popping up but yes it was a sort of it required I'm so grateful to, to everybody for kind of coming and being up for the challenge and doing it so beautifully because of course it needs like the props but, but you know and and the script supervisor is checking eyeline all the time and like it's it's this sort of enormous choreography that that goes into making it happen those were yeah for sure challenging and I think maybe I don't know if it's your background in theatre but keeping like 10 characters alive at a table and having you know learning meeting new characters learning about them having the characters that you already know getting into conflict with them I mean they're like the writing is just like it's so delicious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, technically, yeah, it, it, for the whole production, it was a it was a juggling act. Yeah, yeah. But a kind of wonderful challenge, a lovely challenge. Yeah. That scene is so fun. And my favorite line is your tablescaping is always breathtaking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Those characters are just amazing. And we should say, because you you know, I think there's so much more to the in, that you can you can address in this series, isn't there? Apart from the fascinating central storyline of these twins you've got a lot of stuff about the opioids you've got a lot of stuff about um entitled rich wealthy people and just how twisted they can be there's a lot going on as well as all the stuff about sexuality and you know it's very upfront rachel isn't it about like to an extraordinary extent i would say about sex and sexuality what was it like filming those scenes without getting into specifics Trying to think which which seat up front. You mean like? I mean, in terms of the the sex scenes are are, are as as blunt and yeah. honest and forthright as as you know as can possibly yeah. be. I would say. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I think that's that's probably a good thing. I mean, oh, there, yeah. there's a I think a very beautiful scene when Beverly meets Genevieve, and they yeah make love on the kitchen counter, and yeah. I, and that's I I think that's I find it is up front, but I also. But I personally think it's quite romantic. I'll leave it up to yeah, up to everybody else see what they think. And then Elliot just yeah, I mean Elliot. I don't think she has a romantic bone in her body, so no. she has appetites for food, for sex, for career, for everything, and she just gets what she wants and and moves on. So I, I would say yeah, Elliot's way of um of having pleasure is yeah, she's very upfront. I'm thinking of Elliot's scene. I think it's with Max, that guy that she uh, yeah. without. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. 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 Yeah. She's not uh, <laughs> sentimental, yeah. kind. No, and it's efficient. You know, mm. like, well, I want this now, so I'll try and get it, and then I get it, and then I have my feeling about whether that whether that did it or not, and on to the next thing. It's sort of it's sort of remarkably efficient um, at seeking pleasure. Yeah. And I, I think the sex scenes were always you know they're they're sort of um and again working with Sean like that he's sort of mirroring their first meeting where she's Genevieve's on the on the medical table and then Elliot becomes a part of that scene with the food like it's sort of it's always hopefully as much complex storytelling as goes into those 10 people dinner party scenes that it's Mm. that there's many things happening at once absolutely yeah yeah and and as well it's also there's the, the way it deals with obstetrics with 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 pregnancy and those i mean as you know that there's a lot to take on people have to be it's not for the screamer shall we say that how did you find how did you find filming all of that rachel well i worked we had a lot of experts on set um midwife and um an obstetrician uh, so we had 
experts to show us how to do things. I also um, shadowed some obstetricians and was allowed to observe some births. So I was uh, being an obstetrician. So that that was that was my that was the character's jobs. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of thought went into m- making them what happens in episode one which is you know very grounded in a kind mm. of very realistic hospital environment a lot of um there was a lot of work to go into hopefully make it look very mm-hmm. realistic and did you do a lot of research into that whole world as, yeah. as well alice yeah. yeah we had we spoke to experts the whole way through you know and they came and sort of and lots of people came and spoke to us in our zoom writers room you know sort of midwives obstetricians a longevity scientist um embryologists endocrinologists like yeah we've had the whole we definitely felt like we we wanted to be as thorough and follow follow you know because these twins have got huge ambitions and huge appetites and we've and we wanted to kind of make some of their dreams come true and so we sort of had to really follow the experts yeah they I mean they both have these grand grand uh ambitions to completely change the face of uh their 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 professions you know Beverly for birth for how women give birth and Elliot for fertility and science and she wants to push the boundaries of medical ethics so they they they've got very big dreams so yeah we 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 wanted to get sort of fed by uh real the, some real scientists mm. they're obviously more extreme than <laughs> than the real ones because it's drama yeah yeah you'd hope they're more extreme than the natural yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, definitely, they definitely are in terms of like the music I, love, I was fascinated by the closing titles you have a lot of 80s classics and things like that like those decisions and the title sequence is beautiful with all the kind of toy model version are you are you as exec producers across all of those creative decisions as well yes yeah yeah which was such a, i mean like such honestly such fun like quite quite straight you know there's the stressful moment where you're waiting to hope that those things the right that you're going to get the rights but other than that it was just again sort of pay, paying a nod to the film that mm-hmm. like um love those kind of 80s tracks and and wanted it to be very much in conversation with the episode and sort of never sort of be too earnest or let you sit in the 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 emotional the drama of what's just happened but sort of come in with quite a a punchy comment hopefully and Rachel, what 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 did the, what were those the, 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 what was it like watching back first of all for you to create these two performances and these, these in such a complex way technically watching it all back what was that like seeing it kind of the finished version it was such an interesting experience the whole journey alice and i were alice invited me to be in the writers room so our imaginations were linked up and with the other writers prior to filming then when i was prepping for the filming i just started to do learn my lines, do the acting. And then when I finished, so I didn't watch anything until I finished. And then when I finished, I came out of that acting job and was producing alongside Alice and, and she and I were in the edit together for a long time and, and working on the music. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love that experience. I, I think I felt not as objective as you, but I know you were, it was, I mean, extraordinary how, brilliantly you could put on those different hats and sort of you know in the writer's room never sort of speak as the actor who did or didn't want to do those the things that we were necessarily talking about. it was just there as a writer the same imaginations as as you know the same sort of experiment and then again in the edit it was it felt like we were just collaborators 
Yeah, I think together. we yeah, we were very creatively aligned on how we wanted the show to to feel and yeah. how we wanted it to evolve as well and get more heightened and more operatic and yeah, yeah. and on those and the eighties bangers, we were both like, oh yeah, that's how each episode's got to end. It was really fun, like yeah. looking yeah. for ones, waiting for the rights to clear. Yeah. Wrote an email to Annie Lennox. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, because Sweet Dreams is the opening title of yeah, yeah. which works brilliantly. How, why did you decide on that one in particular? I, I genuinely can't remember that. No, okay. Another <laughs> conversation and uh, another another track in the conversation. And, and you know, it was a, the rights didn't come through immediately, you know, so I think we, it, it was quite scary. We tried a lot of other things and it just, nothing worked. It just felt completely right. Yeah, and part of the, I mean... Yeah, it sort of tells this right oh, story. Okay. It's bittersweet, and yeah, the twins have got. Well, I don't want to nail, yeah. nail it down, but sure. yeah, it yeah. seemed like it seemed appropriate. Yeah, yeah, it does work brilliantly. What did Annie Lennox say then when you wrote when you wrote to her? Oh, I, I mean, I wrote to her manager who passed. Okay, and what Annie Lennox we heard back. Yeah. The, the, got the, the yes, yes, yeah. got the yes. I have to double check with you, Rachel. I'm a north, I'm a North Londoner as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just, want, are you an Arsenal fan by any chance? Did I imagine that? I thought I, th- I, th- I, th- I remember I, you being no. I have a team. I'm no. I'm okay. Not, fine. I'm not affiliated with it. Okay. Any, I must have dreamt team. that. I must have dreamt yeah. that completely. But I, but Arsenal's they're. Yeah, didn't they play last weekend against Liverpool? Yes, yes, yes. We're Liverpool we're competing for the league. I've gratuitously thrown that in, just you know. Oh, it was a draw. It was a draw. Sorry, it was a draw. Yeah, okay. yeah. But that's fine. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, maybe you're more of an Arsenal fan than, than Rachel's, but you know. My checking. my my son is, but I don't. Ah. I I think that's just because the other kids in the playground are. So <laughs> Fair enough. By virtue, yes, Arsenal. Fair enough. Um, and finally, Alice, I want to ask you because you've worked on some of the best TV of the last few years. I mean, normal people's succession is there something about that long form tv that really appeals to you that gives you the chance to write about all this stuff all of these ideas all of these things yeah i, I mean I, th- I think i've been incredibly lucky to to work on those uh, work on those shows it feels like it's really good it's really exciting at the moment being in the succession room was just such a such a joy Je- jesse sort of leads that room beautifully and it's incredibly it's again it's sort of i think it's a really good sign when the room and the show they feel it, it feels like the same experience it's very very funny so a lot of like seriously good business chat and um and it, you know it's 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 the best drama so yeah so absolutely brilliant well congratulations on a fantastic show uh it's it's extraordinary yeah thank you very much thank Rachel you. and alice thank you thank you that was boydie talking to Rachel vice and alice birch now this is the point where we would normally answer a listener question now i haven't go. shared Here a listener question with you guys no, or you let's be honest prepared a listener question so i'm going to take this moment to oh. instead go back to what i did that last time and delve into the world of reviews because a few oh, things gosh. have happened on the reviews front since last week so i don't know how we're doing in fiji i don't know if you do Kay, no, but i've not check checked but a few things did happen now you'll remember a few weeks ago we read out a review by tokimo and tokimo mm-hmm. took to kiss you, let's be honest, with the show and Boyd's impenetrable accent, as we've said. <laughs> uh, and, you know, left us a fairly negative rating and basically said he was done with the podcast. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, he has revised his review. Oh, amazing. He has now left us a five-star review. Wow. And he says, fixing my toxic review. This is a great podcast. I left a negative review before that was unnecessarily harsh, having a bad day, I guess. But that's no excuse. The Pilot TV gang always deliver a great blend of lively discussion, news, and insightful reviews. Five stars. 
Thank you very much, Takimo. Oh. All is forgiven. But no, I feel a bit bad. I feel have we, we... What, because you bullied him? No, we collectively have bullied him. Bullying is a strong word. Yeah, bullying no, yeah, is a strong word. Not bullied. But you were definitely we... the driving force behind <laughs> yeah. the bullying. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not bullied. We just made him feel bad. So, but, you know, yeah. we've got to take the good reviews yeah, we can get that's them. it. We used yes. guilt. <laughs> we used guilt to bump that rating up to five stars and I'm very, very proud I'm of it. I'm not opposed to that. No, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. We had a few other reviews here. One that says, Cake here, an extraordinary bold brave pod. Could do with more swearing. Thank you very much for that. Uh, an extraordinary cake-centred podcast. Uh, and something about K being a fantastic addition, but that's obviously a mistake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justice for K. Blueberry muffins yes, do not count. They do not. <laughs> Nor yes, do slices, we, really. We, no, but... slices. The slices count. The slices 100% count. Uh, what else we got? We do have a couple of others that I might read out. Uh, oh. <laughs> some some love for the K pottery throwdown chat was in oh. here as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> another one here. Cake, cake or death, he didn't share, so death it is. This feels like it's from you. Uh, I think this was post-muffin, pre-actual cake. There was some love for the last-minute bait-and-switch of the cake reveal. In yeah, that was good. I have uh, to admit, you were, that was a very good There you go. I left it to the last minute. Not as last minute as you, Kay, because you'd have obviously left it in a post room for a couple of weeks before oh, bringing it onto the podcast. I'm, listen, but, uh, Nicole, I'm so sorry about that. I just thought, you know, I'll open it after Easter. Um, listen, guys, some bad news. What's yeah. the bad news? Fiji Watch. Oh, oh no! God. Oh, the Fijians abandoned us once again. Are we down Dude, again? We've gone. We've gone down now by two spots. Surely not. Why do they hate us in Fiji? I don't know. All right, I'm I don't end. know what it is. We're gonna have to do some work on this. Cause yeah, boy, this could is... you go to Fiji and sort this out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do yeah, it on the I'm way sure back we... from LA. When I guess Our company will pay for that. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. I think they would. Definitely. I think they would. <laughs> so, so obviously. I, you know, I don't have a question. So, and because we didn't well, do the post bag, clear. <laughs> yes, we didn't do the post bar bag on the most recent Pilot Plus because we talked exclusively about Succession. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a little mini post bag here. You well, just, I'm gonna. You just breaking all the rules. I am. Yet some rules he won't break, boy. No, just remember. well, indeed, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking We're about. We're going to continue. Uh, right. So, someone here, and this is this is something for you. This comes from Laura, and Laura says, uh, "Hi, pilot folks. One of my favourite homebrewed shows, uh, seriously, that was filmed in part across the park from me, has landed on your screens. Boyd, it's very Jewish. James, it's part character drama, part comedy. I think you'll love this one. And as part of being Kiwi, I am duty bound to fly the flag for our great telly, uh, as you've given me so many good TV recommendations over the years. And it is Kid Sister." Kids. Which is on ITVX. Mm. I haven't even heard of that. I have not either. No. No, wow. I feel, Boyd, you are duty bound to check out Kid Sister duty and report bound. back J-U-W-T-Y. to us. W T Y. I mean, if you like. Uh, and, and let us know. Let us know if it's good. Mm. Add it to your list, What's Boyd, it called I? again? It's called Kid Sister. Kid Sister. ITVX. Okay. There you go. Have I missed that? This is a live and direct Google. Yeah. You've really shown Bordy up here. He's never even heard of the show. He looks a bash. He's shocked. He's appalled. Mm. I can tell he's appalled. Uh, right, let's see if we can find another thing that I can pull out of the post bag. Let's see here. So, 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 Brendico says, as a huge fan of the Netflix Daredevil, I'm very scared Disney slash Marvel will fuck it up. <laughs> Fingers crossed they don't. With most recent Marvel being, how can I say, shite, is there a desperation to bring about popular characters from non-Disney shows? They are basically making Incredible Hulk 2 without the noise. Norton, here's a rough... I don't understand that joke. I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused by that. Uh, that will so, teach you to not triage. Yeah, the, uh... I'm just making something up. But, yeah. okay, but interesting question. Now, I'm not concerned that they'll mess it up. This is obviously Daredevil Born Again, which returns to the original Netflix character or the casting of the Netflix character, but now on Disney as part of the MCU. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio returns as Kingpin. Uh, Kay, I can tell, is very excited by this discussion. But no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried they'll mess it up. It's quite a long... There's quite a lot of episodes in the series. So... 
you know, frankly, and that was in many ways the downfall for me of the Netflix series. But I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling very optimistic about this one. I am because I thought he was. I thought Charlie Cox was great in the role. Yeah, he was very good. D'Onofrio was fantastic as a kingpin. I think you know yeah. they they almost they kept the stuff that made it good, and you know jettisoned. I guess the stuff that didn't. So no, I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. And I would say that I I I know what he's saying about Marvel. I think they're not firing on all cylinders at the moment. I think shite is a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> so no, but I'm not. I'm not concerned. Is the is the answer to that question, Boydie? James officially concerned. not concerned. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not concerned, then I'll join you in your lack of concern. Are you, are you concerned, Boydie? You no, don't look concerned. I'm officially not concerned now. I was slightly concerned before. Less concerned now. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. This is going well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anything to add? <laughs> no, absolutely not concerned. I'm just absolutely not concerned. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. Let me see if I can find. Go on, do one more. Do a good one. Let's do a good one. <laughs> <gasps> oh, no, you no, just no, no, inadvertently no, no. burned no, a bunch no, of our no, listeners. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't mean that. I meant one that wasn't, you know, like about Marvel. Beep. Reversing. Okay. Okay. Sorry, okay. those were all very good. I'm questions. going to go to Annika Ruff, who says she is thrilled to be called a regular correspondent on a recent pod. Uh, but she said uh, she says she's available for holiday cover. Uh, oh yeah. Case. And if you ask, so that's, uh, that's I'm always wanting to, to go on holiday. Uh, and as a lawyer, she can ensure that embargoes are adhered to. So that's uh, that's handy. Uh, right. 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 Her question is: Having suddenly remembered the hilarious and batshit crazy behind her eyes on Netflix, what is the most ludicrous and random twist in a TV show? That's this is actually quite a thematic question for something mm. we're going to get onto a bit later on. Well, thoughts? That's uh, you. You, yeah. That yeah, massive a very twist. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Absolute content. That's, That's all... pretty batshit, I will yeah. give you that. I would say the most ludicrous batshit twist in the history of television is without doubt the OA, yes. but in a good way. Yes. As in, they, they, it's batshit, it's insane, but they pulled it off. Yeah. That's obviously true. Yeah. Um, you know what? The, the the show that has more twists probably per series than any other of recent years is Inside Number Nine. That's uppermost in my thoughts because the new series starts in a couple of weeks and hopefully I think we're going to get um, Reese Gerstmann and Steve Pemberton on this very podcast talking about it. But they get that pretty much almost every episode has some twist or other. Very, very clever. Mm, yeah. Um, those are. So yeah, that would be my, that would be my example. <laughs> Your face, James's face. Quizzical. <laughs> mm, interesting, Boydie. Inter- tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Mm. Okay. Were there fine. a big twist in C? Were there, <laughs> were there twists in C? I mean, it wasn't a particularly twist-based show. Okay. And neither was The Expanse, I've got to be honest. They weren't, yeah. weren't big on rug pulls, I would yeah. say. Okay, fine. Although a dead character does return and become a, uh, a returning character. Yeah. There's quite a big twist at the end of Peaky Blinders, wasn't there? I seem to remember. There was a big yeah. twist at the end of Peaky Blinds. I yeah. can't reveal what that no, is. But yes, there was, was an quite, unexpected twist. Yeah, it was quite something, I remember. Yeah. The way it was handled was quite interesting. Yes. Oh. Okay, well, we've kind of not really answered that question. It's almost I like we, we did pretty well considering we had no warning that it was coming. It's quite a difficult <laughs> question to answer. Well, you know, we killed some time and that's the important thing okay. there. Fine. Should we try and rescue this podcast by talking about the news? Like, what's been happening in the world of news? The Taurus starring Jamie Dornan as the um, as an amnesia-afflicted crash victim uh, struggling to piece together his past is coming back for a second series. So that'll be good news for anyone who watched the first series. Yes. Brackets, it, not me. Will. But I didn't either. 
but I think it was famously really it was very popular, wasn't it? The Tourist with David. Yeah, it did really well. Yeah, it was mm. it was great. Yeah. See, this um, landed on the Netflix over Christmas twenty one, didn't it? Or was it New it was Year's BBC beginning one. of twenty two? Yeah, that's BBC what I thought one. It was, hmm? was it BBC, BBC one? one yeah. I thought it was on the Netflix. It may have ended up on the Netflix, but it was oh, okay. BBC one. It debuted on BBC one. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, wherever it aired, wherever it aired, wherever <laughs> it was, I believe at the very beginning of last year because it yes, happened. It was. We didn't cover it on the podcast because it happened over the Christmas break, and as Boydie was horrified to learn, we don't do them over Christmas. I know, we really should. You were we'll shocked think, we'll, and appalled. I'm planning to do an extra episode this year. I'm warning you all <laughs> just now. Boyd, just be Boydie. Just be Boydie on here well, doing fine. the podcast. I, mean, um, can we, can I just don't like Christ- to let, let listeners down. We could have a Christmas lunch. We could a have a Christmas lunch. Christmas a cake lunch. lunch. So I paid for the cake. So that K pays for the Christmas lunch, obviously. That's how this works, right? We take turns. I w- Listen, I would do that. Okay. Yeah, a nice not- cake from Patisserie Valerie Yeah, from London. Boydo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that yeah, London. it'd be delicious. We'd do Good that for crackers. Fun. Okay, fine. Obviously, well, uh, but yeah, I did, I thought it was silly, The Tourist. I, th- I found it silly. Oh, I thought yeah, you didn't watch I it. I didn't like it, did you? No, I didn't like it. Did you watch all? Did you finish it? No, so I watched one and thought it was silly and then you demanded I go back to it because you said it was brilliant. <laughs> so I watched, I think, at least another two and still okay. found it silly and oh, was like, okay. I don't like this. So I just stopped. Oh, I really liked it. I thought it actually got better and better as it went Well, on. most people did like it. Yeah. I think I'm in the minority. You were, of course. Well, they definitely the did because it's being, as I said, commissioned for a second series. That is true. It's no necessarily. It's not necessarily a guarantee of quality, but uh, yes. Mm. But it's always uh, a good sign. It's a good sign. It is a good sign. It's always nice to see a show renewed. Full stop. Uh, League of Their Own is coming back as well for a short second and final season, uh, and that was a good show. The so. baseball the, women's drama, yes. as opposed not to the, the popular the sports popular panel TV show. Sports based. I don't know what that is. It used to be James Corden. There's now Ramesh 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 Nathan. Nathan. Is that a, you yeah. got Freddie Flintoff? Do you know any of these names? Jamie Redknapp. I'm no. saying loads of names that you're looking blank. Yeah, I mean, don't sure. Don't oh, bother. it's a really good. Anyway, I won't get into it. It's fine. But it's a good panel show. The, the week <laughs> was dominated, though, uh, news-wise, by the HBO Max Discovery. Oh, yes. Uh, since Why Mario. are channels now just men's names? Well, indeed, good point. <laughs> My so, mate HBO. <laughs> yeah, hello. Hello HBO. HBO. Um, it's not. It's not TV. It's HBO. I'm trying to think of a joke about that. I couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a human oh, name. God. It's HBO. Well, like, I see. It's, it's such I a shame. I can day. hear the Fijians mm. at this very moment oh, yeah. tuning off. This yeah. might be what is driving them away. Do you think it is? Oh, yeah, it's, right. just, it's stuff yeah. like this. Lack anyway, of preparedness. Us anyway, yeah. yeah. Controversially. They announced, so this was a big week in which HBO um, and Discovery, Discovery Max, etc., had a big announcement that mm. they were dropping the HBO from HBO Max from the streaming service, which now incorporates Discovery programming and HBO programming. A lot of people felt that was ridiculous yeah. to drop such a, one of the greatest brands in the history of television, if not the. But HBO it, continues. It's just... Right, that's it's the just, thing. I'm, HBO Max is now just Max. Exactly. So HBO Max is the streaming service, yeah. which is gonna, which has a lot, but not all HBO shows. Yeah. Matter of fact, maybe it does have all HBO shows. Um, but HBO carries on as a cable channel, I believe, um, which commissions its own show. And, and will be still branded HBO shows, which you will then be able to watch on a, on Max, as it's just called Max. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Well, it's happening, Kane. Because, Deal with it. You, know, you wouldn't know that they, they're HBO shows exclusively. But I suppose it's just to confuse things, because like not all Max things, or indeed as they were HBO Max things, would end up on HBO or indeed on Sky over here. So right. the whole thing was confusing anyway. So they've just made it more confusing, but that's fine because it was already confusing. At some point, will you do a web diagram for all of us? Yes, to... we need I'll some try. kind of flow chart to understand <laughs> what everything is. I'll try. But the bottom line is, the good news is that HBO as a brand does continue 
Um, and this doesn't really affect us, as, as kind of James is alluding to, whether you're like whether you're meant to or not. Because in, in over here, it's a case of where do all these shows yes. end up? And as you say, most of the HBO shows still end up on Sky Atlantic slash Now, and some except the, for the ones that don't, except for the HBO Max <laughs> yes. ones, which which don't. Yeah, it's too confusing. It is confusing. Um, anyway, but more excitingly than all of this kind of lingo. Um, uh, by <laughs> the way, apologies if I've got any of those facts wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which is just not a someone. great. Not a great disclaimer for the news section. Someone I'm just going to put that out there. The someone will. Someone will. Here's the news section. We apologise for any facts that we've just made up. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But more pertinently, what I was going to say was they also unveiled yes. a lot of news items about shows and, and we're trailers. All about shows about and what trailers? Oh, trailers. Right, a lot exactly. of trailers. Thank you. So the trailer. This the show I'm most excited about. Oh, I know what this is. Do you yes. for the rest of this year? Go on then. Tell it, me. It's the regime, isn't it? No, it's not. That's next year. Is it the penguin? The regime. <laughs> it's not the penguin either. The regime is gonna uh, doesn't is not around till twenty four, twenty twenty four. Oh right, because and this yeah. is Kate Winslet as sort of like the I mean, president is, of a banana republic. That is going to be not, not obviously not the shop because that would be ridiculous. Exactly. But, uh, from the produ- from the same. I literally from the pro- thought you meant the shop, and I was like, <laughs> what? what? And I was like, what's the story behind that? She's giving people stretchy like, denim. And I was like, to be fair, I do like banana yeah. republic. It's like the film Air, but instead of being about Nike shoes, it's about banana <laughs> yeah. republic clothes. Yeah, yeah, it could have happened. Been, maybe, to be fair. Maybe you should pitch this. Yeah. You should pitch this. Pitch it to Winslet. Kate, yeah. 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 No, she plays the, the head of a Eastern European, <laughs> fictionally Eastern European state who is basically a tyrant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got, and it looks amazing. So the trailer for that does look amazing. Yeah. Directed by Stephen Frears. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Frears, you're one, one of your big fans, Woody. He fell asleep when you were interviewing him. Yeah, absolutely. Was it a very English scandal? Yes. And I'm looking forward to more interviewing him again and seeing if he'll fall asleep again. But yeah, that looks absolutely fucking brilliant. So I'm very excited. But no, but the show that I'm most excited about this year, which is going to, going to arrive sometime this year, is True Detective Night Country. With yes, <laughs> don't feel like that. no. It's just the way you said it. With, with the, yes, yeah, country. Jodie yeah. Foster. <laughs> yes, the Jodie Foster. The Jodie Foster playing a cop hunting down a serial killer. And yes, of course, it wasn't so long ago she was a cop hunting down a serial killer. Well, an FBI agent hunting down a serial killer in Science of the Lambs, one of the greatest. <laughs> thank you, thank you for making that parallel absolutely thank clear. You. Well, the like, is looking quite intrigued. So thank you very much. All right, Mister Smug, Smug Face, Senior Smug. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is. That is one of my favourite films of all time. One of the greatest films of all time. And the trailer for this looks absolutely fantastic to me. Set in a wintry Alaskan landscape. I mean, I would watch anything with Jodie Foster. I think she's phenomenal. One of the greatest actors in the world today. Um, And it just looks brilliant to me. So I'm fantastically, phenomenally excited about that when it arrives sometime later this year. It's also got Fiona Shaw in it. Um, It's got, yes, brilliant. Christopher Eccleston's in it. John Hawkes is in it. It's got quite the cast. And it all goes back to the fact that the original True Detective was absolutely brilliant. You know, Fantastic Series, which is there, as we discussed many times before, the second series was or not. But this looks really good. Yeah, but well, the third series was good. The, the one series, with Mahershal Ali. That was pretty that good. That was good. But, uh, yeah. In terms of Max trailers, did you watch the trailer for Penguin? Yes. Very early trailer for Penguin, which yeah. is Colin Farrell's sort of yeah. spin-off of The Batman. I'm not entirely sure we needed a Penguin spin-off, but... I was quite interested in the, the trailer. It, it has potential, so I'm I'm now I'm more open minded than I was having seen the trailer for that. Also, in terms of Max announcements, they announced something which I found very exciting: that the Dunk and Egg stories are making their way to to HBO. Now, Dunk and Egg, this is, these are the well, so this is okay. This is a Game of Thrones spin off. Fine. It's t- t- it takes place prior to Game of Thrones, and it is the stories of Sir Duncan the Tall, whose defining characteristic is. 
is he's short. Yes, he's, he's, he's short. It's ironic. Uh, it's Dunk and Egg. Egg, who is his squire and short for Aegon. King Aegon at one point he becomes. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's they're really good stories. I've read them. The Hedge Knight, The Sworn Sword, and there's another one. The Sworn Sword. The Sworn Sword. Sworn Sword. Sworn Sword. It's difficult to say. It's Sworn Sword. Not not Sworn Swong. It's a real tongue twister. Yeah, it's a Sworn Sword. Anyway, Duncan Egg. Night of the Seven Kingdoms great stuff uh, they're available as a little compilation in one book you can buy the book uh, it's fun but uh, yes I'm excited that this is being adapted and that was interesting and <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow. god at least I was like a nodding law you literally dismissed it well and there was confirmation in completely uncontroversial absolutely nothing to worry about news that the Harry Potter TV oh, yeah. transfer is happening there was yeah mm. after all this do you know what you know so I when I suggested this completely randomly when we were talking about stuff that we thought yes. would make good I was like oh because they're a fantasy series let's make them into a and now they're actually doing it and I've had a chance to think about it and I'm not going to go on about this a lot because we talked about it quite a lot on the Empire oh, podcast but I, <laughs> I like I feel a bit like it's just such a bad idea for so many different reasons <laughs> not least of all you know as the films are just like there mm. and they're not that old mm. and while a lot of fantasy books like get condensed quite a lot when they're made into sort of like yeah. These have not been condensed that much. Mm. Maybe the later ones a bit. But. I find it quite difficult to watch uh, the early ones. Because of the acting. Because of the acting, yeah. They haven't fully grown into the roles yet. And I they find they were because, 11. They were 11. <laughs> and also, they're directed by Christopher Columbus, who, let's face it, not the greatest director in the world. Um, I thought they were... They're, so I, I kind of see it from that point. And I think um, I can also see that uh, having... Those books are pretty long, and there's a lot goes on, and they weren't entirely, you know, they, there was a lot of stuff that had to be excised for the yeah. film. The, la- so, the later books are long because if yeah, you look at them on a shelf, they get fatter as they go exactly, along. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. As as J.K. Rowling <laughs> ends up doing whatever the fuck yeah. she wanted to do without any editor being involved, In, clearly, indeed, yes. in any way whatsoever. Did you? So I'm fascinated to know how you addressed the whole uh, saga. I, we we didn't get into the whether or not it's wise for other reasons, mm. but I mean, yes, it's it's a hot potato, certainly. And what? Yeah, but even beyond. On that, even yes. if you take that whole aspect yes. out of this, yes. I'm not sure it's a good idea. No. Yes, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, but I mean it's inevitable, isn't it? That's why we guessed that. Oh yeah, because it's, 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 it's money. Isn't it? It's be like money, money, money. Mm. Tonight, I have to say, I thought originally they would, you know, maybe do like a series set in the period where the play is set, which is, you know, well, but I think they'd always. I think the plan maybe had been that Cursed Child would become a film or a series at yeah, some point. Think. But I think at this point, the chances of getting those three to return to that franchise is oh, absolutely zero. I wouldn't have even thought so, they would return. No, no, no. I mean, with the new cast, but I still think you could have it because yeah, they're you older. Could do. You know, they're significantly older. But then I also wonder whether having had such a problem making the Fantastic Beasts films work, maybe they're now a little bit wary of going out on their own and they're just going back to the tried and tested stories which are the original books and that's obviously what they've decided to do. Yes, true. Yeah, so that's the thing that's happening. Yeah. We covered that. We've Cut covered that. that. We've covered that off. There's a Conjuring TV show in development with Peter Safran and James Wan, uh, executive producing. If you are a fan of The Conjuring and indeed The Doll, Annabelle, I don't know if she's making an appearance, uh, but that's the thing that's happening. The Big Bang Theory is getting another spin-off. That's something nobody asked for. What is the spin-off? Comes to details. Well, we've had Young Sheldon, obviously, which was one yeah. spin-off. And there is another, I want to say, untitled, just another untitled, yes, yeah, an untitled spin-off. So fuck knows. Who knows? No idea. Penny, the pre 
you know, geek years. I don't know. No, no idea. But that's the thing that's happening. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? <laughs> covered that off as well. <laughs> yeah, I've covered that off. That's done. It's finished. Feels We've like moved on. It's a really reliable news source. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine. All right. Yeah. Let's shift from, from that to uh, The Peacock, where The Continental got its first trailer. So this is the John Wick spin off series, not The Ballerina, but The Continental, which is the 70s set show about The Continental Hotel, <laughs> yeah. set in the John Wick universe. Um, Excited about the idea of it. It's very 70s. It was a very 70s trailer. It's set in the 70s. So, I mean, you don't learn an awful lot from it, apart from the fact that the gold coins and the general sort of weird fantasy assassin mythology exists during that time frame. But did you watch the trailer? Uh, I believe Mel Gibson's in I, it. Yes. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Well, I think um, from what I read of the unveiling of this whole thing, they, don't, they seem to be ignoring the fact that Mel Gibson's in it as much as humanly possible for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he that, is in That it. seems fair. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a trailer for that out if you wish to see it. Uh, Hugo Weaving is joining Slow Horses Season 4. Oh, I'm yeah, excited about that. About that yeah. I cannot wait for Slow Horses Season 3. It feels like Slow Horses should be roughly upon us. Yeah. Because you know, if they're going to do what they did last year, it's two seasons a year. It's like the, it's like Christmas coming twice a year. Uh, we should be around now. It was April, wasn't it, last year? It was around April? I think so, yeah. I feel, you know. where are my slow horses? They are too slow. These are too slow <laughs> impatient, horses. Impatient Make them horses. faster. Yeah. Uh, yeah I need maybe. more slow horses in my face because I love Kate, by show. the way, thinks losing the world to live, just to FYI. <laughs> what, because we're talking about shows that don't interest her? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, listening. Okay. I'm listening right. intently. Just, just checking. Stop dubbing me in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all kicking off. Netflix ordered a pilot. That's an interesting thing. A Because that's not something they do. Oh, tell yeah. me. So Netflix ordered its first ever pilot for wow. a Samara Weaving comedy because they normally order stuff straight to series, but they have actually ordered a pilot for the series called Little Sky. It's a single camera comedy uh, and it's got Weaving in it. She's also exec producing it. And yeah, they've ordered a, a, a pilot for the project. That's and exciting. apparently this is not like their new model. They're, they're not going to be getting right. pilots for all their shows going forward. But obviously they were a bit bit ambivalent about this one. Shall we? Shall we? Uh, let's get a pilot. Yeah, sure so they've gone, thing or a bad thing. they've gone an old I think it's a model. good thing because then maybe they'll give it a chance rather than just cancelling it straight mm, after maybe. one season. Maybe. Maybe they will. Um, any other news you would like to uh, bring to our attention? True or otherwise? You know, whatever you like. <laughs> no, I think that's enough, Sean. No? We're done with news. Yeah. Okay, we have done with news. Uh, let's have our next guest of the show. Uh, not only was Melanie Linsky terrorising Ellie and Joel in The Last of Us earlier this year, but she's back at her cannibal best as Shauna in season two of Yellow Jackets on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we've been doing weekly spoiler chats on this one over on Pilot Plus and enjoying it immensely, so we couldn't pass up the chance to talk to Melanie when she came to town the other week, and here she is talking all things Yellow Jackets with Sophie Butcher. Melanie Linsky, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. How are you thank doing you. today? Good, how are you? Really good, thank you. Good. I'm so happy Yellow Jackets is back. It's one of my favourite shows. Um, and season one, it felt like the word of mouth success that grew around that season as it was coming out and yeah. in the months after was incredible. How did that feel to see that all unfolding um, in real time and seeing, did you expect it to happen? Did you expect it to go so huge? I really didn't. I think I've been doing this for so long that I've learned to not have expectations anymore. I knew the show was good and I was really proud of it, but you, I mean, mm -hmm. you can never expect yeah. something to take off like this. It was so exciting to see week to week that people were watching. Yeah. Did it put any kind of added pressure on coming back for season two or do you just try and forget about that stuff? For me, all I can really do is just kind of show up and do my job. But for mm -hmm. the writers, that's so much pressure. You yeah. know, I just, I was worried for them all the time. <laughs> I just was like, how do you follow it up when everyone's watching now mm -hmm. and people expect this storyline to happen this way and this thing to be resolved and... 
I, I think they did a great job of staying true to what they initially wanted to do. I think we find Sean a really interesting point in this second series. Mm. It feels like in season one, the affair with Adam and everything that happened there felt like it triggered something in her. And in this series, she's sort of leaning into her dark side a lot. She's yeah. quite unapologetically sort of throwing caution to the wind a little bit and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. From your perspective, what's what's driving her at the moment? Is it a kind of supernatural force as we're sort of being hinted at? Or what do you think is going on in Shauna's head as we meet her in season two? I don't think she would believe it's a supernatural force because mm. she doesn't believe in any of that mm-hmm. at all. I think that she's just operating on panic and instinct. She just... I don't know, she just liked feeling something Mm. and she's doing things that make her feel something. Yeah, she's kind of chasing that high. Yeah. Yeah, putting herself in danger sometimes even, which is fascinating to see. Um, And in terms of the younger cast, it feels like young Shauna, her sort of guilt over Jackie Mm. um, and her death is sort of weighing heavy a lot as this season opens. Mm. Even though that's the separate timeline to you, do you feel like that, feeds into how you play Shauna? Is that kind of in the back of your mind all the time, like her relationship with Jackie and what happened? Does yeah. that feed into your performance as well? Oh, absolutely. And that that is one thing that I I do always want to know about is like what are the things that are carrying over from that timeline into my character's life mm. today? So in the first season they were very specific about the fact that Jackie is like a huge Mm-hmm. it's a huge part of her guilt her survivor's guilt her general guilt you know mm-hmm. it's just it's a really big deal and so this season she's definitely grappling with that and then also the pregnancy and all of that mm-hmm. and something I love that the writers do is they really link the timelines together so as young Shauna is dealing with pregnancy and everything that happens there yeah older Shauna is trying to come to terms with who she is as a mother whether she's even a good mother at all like yeah. her relationship with her daughter her relationship with that first child mm-hmm. that's not meant to mean anything just like you know that yeah. situation and that experience and what that what that means for her mm-hmm. yeah because Shauna being pregnant in the woods in this terrible situation yeah such a traumatic first experience with motherhood. How do you think that plays out in her relationship with Callie, which we're seeing develop quite a lot in the second season. It feels quite more open between them, but how do you think that plays out with her and Callie, what she's been through? Well, I think that she didn't want to ever do that again. Mm. I think she never, ever, ever wanted to have a child. And then kind of, you know, you can't really say got talked into it because (laughs) people make decisions together. Yeah. I think at a certain point for the good of her marriage, she thought, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm. And it's been a weird thing for her where she does love her daughter, but she's it's not something she enjoys. Mm. She doesn't love raising a child, and she also doesn't love the feelings that come along with having brought this person into the world who's, mm. you know, wanting them to be safe, wanting them to be okay. She doesn't like having all those feelings brought up from the initial pregnancy. So there's a very complicated dynamic that she has with Kelly, which is very sort of pushing her away but wanting her to be close and then also not understanding her own feelings around it either. Yeah, of course. And even her marriage with Jeff, which I think plays a lot into the guilt 
from everything that happened with Jackie. It feels like in this second season, there's quite there's more of an open dialogue between them and they, yeah. they feel like more of a team, whereas they were kind of at odds in the first season. Is that something that you've kind of embraced, that change in dynamic between Shauna and Jeff? Was that fun to play, that different sort of dynamic? It's so fun. I love working with Warren. Yeah. It's so fun. It's nice. It's nice that they're kind of getting to know each other because yeah. I think, you know, when Shauna realised he had read the journals and he knows everything mm. it's her worst nightmare coming true but her worst nightmare came true and he's still there mm. so he's seen the worst of her and loves her anyway and I think that's such a profound thing for her to realize that she almost yeah. can't wrap her mind around it mm. so it's kind of like they're dating it's kind of like their best friends who start dating or something yeah it's kind of like okay how do we negotiate this now yeah, absolutely, like starting from scratch again. But yeah. it's kind of wonderful to see them sort of connecting more. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to mention, which I think we can because the episode is out, but the second episode of the new series mm. that ends on that incredible sequence <gasps> at the end. I know. I know, again, that's the other cast, but I was just wondering what your thoughts on that was when you read it. Have you seen it in full? And was it interesting to read that and know the kind of effects that seeing what, what they do, how that plays out with Shauna as a grown-up was it what what were your thoughts on that scene as a whole (laughs) I thought when I read that script first of all I was surprised it was happening so early I was like oh wow okay (laughs) we're going Um, in (laughs) and just oh it's all the things that the writers do best because it's like funny and tragic and scary Mm. and gross there's just so many layers to it and I love that they they did the thing where they're all imagining themselves at some beautiful feast, mm-hmm. you know, not really being able to be physically present for it. So I, I don't know. I just I found the scene very like heartbreaking, and I have seen it. I thought they all did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I was happy that I didn't have to do it. <laughs> and I guess that's quite a significant event in what happens with mm. the the teenagers like it's kind of a bit of a gear shift really in their yeah. sort of experience being stranded is it tricky playing adult Shauna is it tricky sort of unra- you're playing a character who has been through these things but you kind of don't know them until the show unravels them yeah is it hard to kind of balance that when you're playing Shauna in the present day yeah those are the times when I will ask the writers mm. and just say like what else do I need to know about this situation? It kind of works because I am playing somebody who represses things as long as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. She's not really actively thinking about things. Things will bubble up out of nowhere. Yeah. And she'll have to deal with them because they're coming up. Mm-hmm. But I think it's trickier for other characters. Like I think maybe like Natalie, you know, mm who can never stop thinking about what happened. She's kind of plagued by it. Yeah, it's more consistent for her, whereas with Shauna it sort of comes and goes, comes out in these unexpected ways. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favourite Shauna scenes from the new series um, is where you give a really great speech, you're pointing a gun, I won't say it who, I won't give anything away. But I was so moved by that scene. I thought it was incredible. I just wanted to know what your approach to that was when you read it. Were you excited to kind of express all these different things that Sean has been repressing as you say how did you approach that scene I was nervous about yeah. learning all the lines <laughs> that's always hard but I just was like oh gosh this is great this is a great moment my scene partner was so wonderful 
you did a really great job. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It's always fun when you're just like one-on-one with another actor and yeah. just getting to play a lot of different things. Um, guns are heavy. <laughs> I didn't realize. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Um, holding a gun up for a long time. Yeah. A good shoulder workout. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I'm so grateful always for what the writers give me. One of the greatest things about Yellow Jackets, I think, is this incredible ensemble cast that you have across both sort of timelines. Mm. And Simone and Lauren are new additions for yeah. this series. Can you just talk about how that sort of changed the sort of dynamic between you all? Has it been fun to work with them? Was it good to add more people into the Yellow Jackets fold? It's so fun. There were, you know, later on in the season, there were a few days where all of the women were together and Simone and Lauren were there. Mm. And Elijah was there and John Reynolds was there and it was like it's fun it's fun having new people Mm -hmm. um it's also fun when people you know like Lauren watched the first season and she was a fan of the show yeah and she says she tells this funny story about watching it and being like I mean I don't not look like (laughs) you know um so She's excited to be there. Yeah. Simone I've known for a very long time mm-hmm. and I suggested her for the part. So Oh amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just said just let her audition. Yeah. Like, if you see her audition, she's gonna get it. I know it. And she just has that lotty look yeah, about her. So. She just does. Great fit. I'd love to talk as well about The Last of Us, the other incredible show you've been in this year. Um, which obviously was a huge success. What was yeah. it? What was it like to be part of that show and such a standout episode as well in oh, an incredible thanks. series? Thanks. Gosh, I think that show is so great. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how big it was. I couldn't believe like the sets, everything, the attention to detail, the art department, the makeup on every single one of the infected people who come rushing out of the sinkhole. Yeah, I. It just was absolutely incredible. Everything was impeccable. Mm-hmm. There was so little like actual acting involved because I just you feel like you're in the world. Yeah, it was really amazing. You feel um, like you're genuinely scared. <laughs> yeah, it was really like overwhelming having a bunch of stunt people and circus performers like coming mm. at you and tumbling and jumping and <laughs> you know they choreographed all these different bits of action so something was happening wherever you looked. Yeah. And it just, I don't know if I've ever been on such a well-run production. Yeah. Where it just was, like, moving seamlessly and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everyone was great. It just was, you know. Yeah. And Craig is my friend, so that was nice. Craig Mason, who was one of the creators. So Mm -hmm. to get to be at work with your friends. Yeah. It's, I mean. Always fun. So lucky. (laughs) Um, You've said recently that if there was an origin story for Kathleen, you'd be there for it you'd be into it we know a little bit about where she comes from and her her story going into it but what what does that look like to you when you were playing her what was in your mind about how she got to that place where she is well yes that was a little bit of a misleading headline I have to say (laughs) because somebody said to me like what if they wanted to do an origin story would you do that and I was like yeah I'd do that (laughs) and then suddenly the headline is Melanie Lisky pitches yeah and I was like I'm not pitching anything God forbid, yeah. Hey, HBO, I have a pretty good idea. Um, But, you know, you always have to come up with your character's backstory. And also Craig and I had talked about it. Mm. So she had been in charge for about 10 days or something like that, like not very long. Her brother was a very charismatic leader who was very beloved and was taken and murdered. So she suddenly, it was kind of a thing where, like, 
she was kind of his right-hand woman Mm -hmm. and she knew everything. She had the answers to every question people had. Mm -hmm. So they kind of put her in charge. Yeah. And she suddenly, like, was very effective. She did all these things and the the city was freed. But then she let her personal vendetta take over, which was unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. It really is. How this person came to be in the position she was in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all the time we have for Melanie. That was Melanie Linsky. It's time for a section that we lovingly refer to as reviews. So, first up this week, we have... Dead Ringers, which, as you've already heard, is Alice Birch's gender-swapped reimagining of the 1988 David Cronenberg film, which sees Rachel Weisz as both Elliot and Beverly Mantle, a pair of twin gynecologists who push the boundaries of medical ethics even further than the next show we're talking about, and that one is literally called Malpractice. So, Kay, you have a famously high tolerance for blood and gore. How did you get on with this, especially what can only be described as a 30-second crowning montage? Do you know what? So, Boydo had... When did you talk to us about this? Was it on the pod or off pod? And you said it's very gory. You said mm. something you, you're going to I think find it was it off squeamish. pod. I think it was in IRL. Yeah. In and you were, you were giving me a friendly warning. Yeah. And it is like, it is very bloody and gory and graphic in all its detail. But I, I wasn't particularly squeamish. I mean, I think what this does a good job of. I mean, it is distressing in places in terms of what happens in terms of some of the births and, you know, but I think it's just. An unapologetic is unapologetic in portraying like what women routinely go through and the traumas they suffer, and also the beauty. Although we see less of that, but it's mainly a lot of trauma involved. Um, but yeah, we do see a newborn coming fresh out of um, the woman's vagina, and it's a very like. Um, I thought the prosthetics were amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's really well done in that. There's um, also an unexpected cock out sequence in yes, the first episode. Yes. When was the cock out? Well, well, it'd be a spoiler to say specifically. Oh, because it, it's quite unexpected when it happens. Oh, yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> can't believe right. you forgot. <laughs> no, no, because this is the other thing. I think it does a great job of like this unfavorable view of men. Yes. You know, like there's a couple of instances where the men are just like oh, woefully mm. lacking, you know, and yeah, the cock out is... Well, the first scene is the twins in a diner, isn't it? Or a oh, restaurant, I should say. Her... And some yeah. chap propositions than both and yeah, that's some a rando, very the classic oh yeah. have you ever thought of like having sex with one man both of you together oh original thought yeah and I love how they just dismiss him they're very acerbic yeah. they're very um quick and smart they both have like even though they are they've got distinct personalities but are physically interchangeable obviously identical twins and that's something they play on in their practice um, and you'll see that as you say unethical behaviour they sometimes swap uh, yeah, well, <laughs> literally one will text the other with just swap in capitals and they yeah. one of them has wears their hair down yeah. and the other one has it scraped back into a bun and so they just they just. But how cool would that be I was thinking about that like in terms of work for well, example what's the like, Netflix series my twin. you know the Netflix series where yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, one where that they one. Yeah. Every year, yes. they, they do a swap places. for a period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. That's Michelle Monaghan, uh, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, yes, Cameron. What's it yeah. called? Okay. Well, oh, yes, I just thought it would be very cool as a concept for, you know. So but... me and Boydie could do that, apparently, because we're entirely interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Me and you, Boydie, what I'll do is, at some point next time when you're hanging out with, you know, Russell or David Williams, mm. I'll just text you swap, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll just go and hang out with them, and you can go back to my house and watch telly. They'll just think that, that Boydo's wearing out. his Cuban heels. It'll be fine. <laughs> Echo, Echoes is the name Echoes, of the next yes, show with that was it. and as twins, yep. Lenny and Gina McCleary. Yes, carry on. Yeah. What's interesting about this one, though, is because bear in mind, in the original film, where Jeremy Irons was the twin, the twins are called Elliot and Beverly. Yes. Whereas in this, the twins are called Elliot and Beverly. Yes. Which is... I like that. There's so many brilliant things like that about this, because if you once you start noticing, they 
used the same um, font, pretty much, and the same graphic design for the titles in the I title hadn't sequence. noticed the font. Gosh, there's, that's a really good yeah, detail. There's a poster noticed. at one point for one of the TV shows that the actress character is in called Rabid, which mm. is one of the name of David Cronenberg film, going back in the day. There's loads of little references to that's it. That's nice, yeah, I like It's that. very clever. It's, clever. It, 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 it's, it's fantastic from that point of view, yeah. It's got a very cool look and feel to yes. it, and the concept. I mean, obviously, it's not original, but like, but also so fucking dark and messed up. It is. Yeah, I found it very quite intoxicating. But yeah, some of the stuff, like particularly which characters? Is it Elliot? Who's yeah? She's like got weirdly fixated on fixing her sister up in so many different aspects of her life. Like, okay, sometimes it's to do with um, so she's trying to have a baby. Beverly is, and she tries to help her with that. But also in terms of her relationship, it's just all a bit makes me very very uneasy. Mm. The closeness of her. Relationship. <laughs> Because one of the twins is incredibly confident and assertive and mm. a little bit crazy, yeah. and the other one Elliot. is much more retiring. And so there's, there's, yeah, there's indeed there's an imbalance between the two of them. So like, so so Elliot would be like, oh, I'll get her for you. So she'll pretend to be her, do all the sort of but like, so weird. and then hand over to the other one. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's like passing the baton, right? Like it's really <laughs> strange and it's quite dark and it's quite twisted. Mm. But what's I and I don't I'm not going to look at Boydie because I imagine Boydie's watched enough episodes. He knows the answer to this, and I don't want to know the answer to this. But the film goes to to say the film goes to some twisted dark. I mean, it's a David Cronenberg film. What the fuck do you expect? But it goes to some really messed up places. And part of me is just like, I can't imagine this show going to the same places. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just naive. But partly, I hope it doesn't. That's all I'm going to say. Oh no, I need to know because I haven't seen the film. But yeah, like, yeah well, I don't know. Listeners, it does. <gasps> no, no, don't you don't no, it's not a spoiler. It. No, I suppose it isn't. Is it's it? A very general, <laughs> yeah. vague spoiler. Yeah. It gets really sick and twisted yeah, and demented. It, it's it, very it sick does. and twisted. Of yeah. course it does. It's very sick and Part twisted. Part of the reason why, this is all Rachel Weiss's idea, by the way, which she explains in the issue. Because there's me assuming, I assume it was the show. Famous runner. Arsenal fan Rachel Weiss. Famous <laughs> Arsenal fan Rachel Weiss. Exactly. Listeners, if you didn't listen to the interview, you won't get that joke. <laughs> yeah, I randomly dreamt that Rachel Weiss was an Arsenal fan. I think it might have been Daniel Craig that told it, it might have been the back, because someone told her that Liverpool drew Arsenal 1 0. And of course, Daniel Craig was famously a Liverpool fan, drew 2 all, sorry. And it might have been him who told her, by the way. <laughs> from all I know wandering around in the background anyway um, she's not a Liverpool fan but I can confirm she was her idea um, to make the show not Alice Birch who is the showrunner yeah. the, the lead the lead writer and she just the whole point of it really is to capture that really real freakiness and that insanely creepy weird tone mm. of the film and so it does with bells on really yeah, yeah. because they can actually show more now funnily enough even than they could even back then like it's, we are in this weird situation now I meant to uh, this strikes me a lot quite a lot about peak TV now is that you can do a lot more on TV than you can get away with in films because if you if you did half of the stuff in films that you do on TV you'd get an NC-17 well on it? streaming obviously the VVFC yeah. have nothing no to do rules. with it so, yeah, yeah. exactly um, so it's quite ex- extraordinary from that point of view because like for example the dick out scene which we won't spoil apart from say it's a dick out scene <laughs> I think you'd get an NC-17 for that mm. if it was on in the cinema they're, you might, they're much actually. stricter about that kind of thing they really such are such a dickhead <laughs> such a dickhead but what, uh, what I love about this is that it cap- it completely captures the I love the original film it's, I think it's one of David Cronenberg's best films it's an absolutely fucking brilliant piece of work um, but it is has this sheen even back then this kind of sheen of modernity and well and the design of the obstetric thing the gynecological implements remember that, that mm. all of that and the kind of just the way it's filmed and the way it's shot in a very classic elegant style mm. that's the word I was grasping for elegance yeah, there's an elegance to it yeah. very stylish and this almost takes that and like ratchets it up it's even more kind of beautifully filmed. The title sequences where all the all the character situations done in like a model, almost like a toy dollhouse type mm-hmm. thing is brilliant.
brilliant with a theme tune of Sweet Dreams are made of this. Every episode ends with an 80s classic banger tune, by the way. Um, they were very keen, they emphasized how much fun they wanted it to be. And I, I Oh, it is fun. Yeah, it's it's, very I would say yeah. it's somehow it's more fun than the Cronenberg original um, because it, I think because it has got time to breathe now, this story. And because there is something, the, just the idea, I know we see gender swap um, things all the time. You know, it's become de rigueur and it happens, you know, every other month that there's a gender swap film from an old classic or a TV series. But this is such a brilliant idea because it just like, changes the whole tone of it but in a good interesting it, way I feel that Go now on. in 2023 if you've got creepy male twin right. gynecologists you've got a problem of course and, but, and rightly so yeah 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 100% <laughs> but also this this way around with women at the centre of it, it it feels much more surprising yes. and mm. without spoiling anything the stuff they get up to <laughs> the two of them is is absolutely extraordinary and shocking and disturbing and funny Yeah, they bring in a whole storyline there was a little bit in the original film I have I, I, I rewatched it a little bit. I rewatched the kind of half of it before I did the interview with um, with Rachel Weiss and Alice Birch, just to remind myself. And there's a little bit dealing with drugs and addiction and stuff. But this that's comes really to the fore. There's a whole key storyline about a family responsible for the opioid epidemic because they were the, they were the, they run the family co- run company, and that is handled brilliantly. And the woman, the matriarch of that family, <laughs> she is honestly incredible. Mm. There's a dinner party scene, which I think it's an episode. Three, I it's think it's not in the first. It's not yeah. in the first. Yeah, I think it's not even in, t- it's in two or three, which I again mentioned in the interview, is genius. And I was really enjoying this, by the way. All the way through, I agree with everything you said, Kay, about it. But I really got on board with this dinner party scene that's so funny. It's like both a satire of these ultra entitled rich people, these monsters who are a bit like the monsters from you, you know, the Hebrew friends. Mm. But even more, this time, I think Alice Birch writes this brilliant. She talks about how much fun she has writing a dinner party scene and just the pretentiousness and the Is self- this the same family you see in the first episode where they're sort of like trying to get the funding for their yeah, private... Yeah, oh, right. they're the yeah, ones. So they're oh going to yeah. Basically, they will fund the thing, but they want to play tricks and manipulate these people and have fun with the twins uh, uh, to give them this money they need for this sense Do you know what they're start. doing? They're pulling a Logan Roy. Completely pulling a Logan Roy. Very much, yeah, I was thinking that. She, the, the matriarch is like, is like a Logan Roy woman. <laughs> he, she really is. She's astonishing. Logana, Roy. So mm. it, it's really entertaining as well as being sick, twisted and all those things. It's it, There are some phenomenally gory bits coming up, honestly, beyond, beyond mm, in, yeah. in, in your episodes to go. So I do warn you. And, and mad bits. And bits where you're not sure whether it's, things are really happening or whether they might be happening in the mind of one or other of the twins. The fact that Sean Durkin does directs the first couple of episodes. I, he's a brilliant film director. He did Martha Marcy May Marlene and The Nest. He's a and they re, and Karen Kusama's in it who directed some of Yellow Jackets. Mm. He's a brilliant. It's really got an indie American filmmaking vibe to it as well. This is just uh, it's just like a bang on about it all day. I really loved this, this show yeah, and I can't wait to finish it. I'm already I think I've watched four. I think there are six and I can't wait to finish it. I have to say. Do you know what else I kept thinking when I was watching it? Just like how Rachel Weisz was able to do those oh, scenes when I she's talking to herself. That. Like, that is insane. In- how seamless is that? Yeah, seem- you absolutely, absolutely forget yeah. there are not two Rachel Weisz. <laughs> it is. And you say, you say the scene, the first time you see them do the swap thing, how complicated is that? Because you're, you, you've established the fact that the really freaky one's got the long hair yeah. and the up, more uptight one's got the tight and hair. And then they up. switch. And then they switch. And you're like, who's and you're like, who? Like, oh my God, I can't keep track of <laughs> yeah. what's going on. But, but somehow you do. Yeah. But even more so, when they're actually communicating. Yes. with each other. I'm yes. like, how, how have you remembered how you said oh that? Oh my God. Like, yeah. mm. It is phenomenal. It's the camera front. work is quite often back of one's head front, which is classic. Not always. No, 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 but no, not yeah. always. The thing yeah, is, it always. started yeah. off like that because I thought, oh yeah. right, okay, this yeah. is how they're going to do it. But then, 
Like you within see, about five, ten minutes, they're yeah. interacting with each other. And I was like, wow, that exactly. is a real skill. But it means, I think they do that deliberately because when, when you do see them in the same frame as you do in the swap scene, when they're in the, in mm. the, in the bathroom, in the booth, it's just incredible. You're mm. like, mind is blown. You're like, how the fuck are they doing this? It is seamless. It's so VG. brilliantly done. I mean, it's pretty seamless in David Cronin, but, but it's clearly technology has got to the point where they just can do anything now with this. And they really do. They do take it to the max. Can, can I say to no, not literally to max because no. it's actually on Prime Video, <laughs> oh, where it lands on Friday the twenty first. Seamless, of that was April. seamless. Mm. But actually, that wasn't actually gonna. I wasn't actually gonna segue out with that because I wanted to point out a thing that. Please notice that last week's podcast we were talking about naked Jeremy Irons because we were talking about obsession, which is of course based yeah. on damage, and now oh, we're back to talking completely. about naked Jeremy Irons. How weird is it? I it's, know. What are we going to do next week? <laughs> what naked Jeremy yeah. Irons film from the sort Just, of eighties and nineties yeah, are we going to bring up? Old Jeremy Irons film film. <laughs> Remade into weird, perverse sex things. Yeah, no, it is odd. Sexy yeah. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where we are. Okay, right. Let's move on to the second show we are reviewing this week, and it is, as promised, Malpractice, <laughs> which sees Neve Algar as an A and E doctor called Lucinda Edwards, who during one particularly, I would say, brutal shift that includes an overdose and a gun wielding lunatic loses a patient <laughs> and is subsequently hauled in front of an investigative committee looking at her fitness to practice. So, Boydie, is this show fit to practice on ITV? <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Just, just <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, that's especially for fans of the bit of the podcast every where I respond to um, yeah. James's pun-filled, <laughs> pun-tastic introductions. You're very positive all the time. I, know, I, try, you know, yeah. I appreciate the no, work No, it was a good in. one, James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is the one line that kind of... This show is basically line of duty, but with doctors instead of police. That is the simplistic one-line summary of what the show is. But there can be no bigger compliment than to even mention in the same breath as Line of Duty. But it is from World Productions who make Line of Duty. Yeah. They're fully aware of the similarities because basically you've got a maverick doctor who is, as, as you said, James, involved in this night from hell where she has to deal with an, uh, an also an opioid overdose victim and a gun-wielding maniac and a man who's been shot and there's blood all over the fucking place and she has to sort this whole thing out. And then she gets investigated by the equivalent of AC-12 in the yeah. medical world, um, which, is, which is fantastic. They have a less cool name, though. It, yeah, it's just called the Medical Investigation. Yeah. And they're... they're Harder to get on board with. Indeed. So yeah, I was going to say, so they're led mm. by Dr. Norma, played by the great Helen Bean. So you've got you've got Neve Algar, two brilliant actresses in this, because Neve Algar is fantastic. I remember The Virtue she was in, mm. Raised by Wolves she was in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Your favourite. The only show that, James, second season, only James watched I know. it. But, no, but like, and even I stopped. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember I got to the end of the first season and so bitterly regretted the <laughs> 10 hours I had wasted watching it. But then we reviewed the second season. I even contemplated, and I was like, no, uh, just I swear to God, yeah. if I like the the thing I want most in the world is to somehow orchestrate a situation where Kay is forced to watch both seasons of Raised by Wolves because I think that it's that would just be happen. possibly. I mean, you are. It's up to you. Yourself. Do you want me to watch that or um, the one you know, the Last of Us? I, no, but I, Last of Us, I think you might like. There is nothing about Raised by Wolves you would like. Nothing. No. Nothing. Why no. would you do that? To you me? would hate it so much. <laughs> Exactly. I was disappointed. <laughs> Goethe was disappointed. Yeah. Anyway, Helen Bean's in it, who's brilliant. And she is this officious woman at the head of this investigation. Oh, and she's I instantly, love her. your hackles are raised because mm -hmm. she's very like, she no takes nonsense. no shit. Yeah. yeah, she takes no shit. And she is going to investigate the shit out of <laughs> Neve Algon's Dr. Lucinda and work out what the hell went on this night when when there's a tragic loss of life. But also, what? so you've got that, that's like a brilliant setup, really, because it's instantly intriguing to have this woman investigate. But you then, it's got lots of other tentacles 
course, too, as well, because the other guy in the unit investigating her, Dr. George, played by Jordan Kwame, has a history yes. with Neve Algar's character. So there's that. He has to come into the, to the hospital and shadow her and her team. The team is fascinating. She's got her junior doctor, um, who's played Dr. Ramya Morgan, played by Priyanka Patel. She's Maddening. got a thing with. Because yeah. Yeah. She's, like, she's really entitled yeah, and has a proper she, exactly. attitude she on her. She wants to like finish the early shift. Come the late shift, come in. I want to go home. Everything about it, for me, every single thing about it felt so um, authentic. And that's a hard thing to... And that's what, remember, you know, in the, from the very first episode of Line of Duty, and I am going to compare it to Line of Duty again, that was the genius of Gemma Curio's writing, that it was a, a brilliant idea. You're instantly engaged. You're fascinated by the character, the storylines. But the world it's set in feels so authentic and real. Mm. And the reason why it feels so authentic and real, one of the reasons why is because the creator of this show, Grace Foriata, is a former NHS doctor. And she knows what the fuck she's talking about. And not only that, she keeps... she. Uh, 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 full disclosure, I hosted the Q&A for the launch of this show. <laughs> she talked, told some incredible stories that are shocking and unbelievable about what she saw and what friends of her have dealt with in the day-to-day -day running of the NHS, of A&E and all of that, that are, some of which are referred to, some of which she uses as, as, as the storylines in this show. And she just knows exactly... She's, this is her first show she's written on her own. She worked on things like in the long run before. But for your first show... She shows a mastery of plot, I thought, and character, because the plot's so riveting, the characters mm. are totally believable. It's a really impressive piece of work, uh, I think. And, you know, we can get into the old ITV issues, right? But if it wasn't on ITV, if it was BBC One Sunday night, you wouldn't bat an eyelid, because it's oh, as good as you'd hope for. I didn't, I did not. No, I'm, but I'm just cast saying. Aspersions. I'm just saying. However, go on. However, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. I, 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 the line of duty thing, weirdly, it's funny you say that because obviously, you know, when we begin line of duty, like Lenny James mm. is front and center, but I think you're aware that he's not the person that you're following. Like he's, he's kind of very, very sort of a key to it, but you feel like AC 12 is where your sympathies are. With this, you're on, you know, Lucinda is your avatar in this. Like you feel like you're with her. So like when, when the, you know, ethics committee come in, you're just like twats. Yeah. Neve Alcott's like, character is yeah, yeah, yeah. the person you're with. Yeah, like, sure. And and I was with this show until an event which okay. happens in the first episode, which made me roll my eyes so hard that I think it lost me. Oh, now, obviously, we can't say what that is because it would be a spoiler that happens towards the end of the episode. But I just there was an eye Bye. roll moment, and like <laughs> like, but without spoiling anything, I mean, am I on my own here, or were you just I a bit like oh, really it was a fantastically dramatic moment? <laughs> okay. yeah. it, it, it was stunning. Like you yeah. are stunned when you see it. But I, I do I do know what James means. It was kind of like. Yeah, of course that's going to happen. I didn't like that it happened, and the way it happened seemed to me utterly absurd. And I just, I, oh, no, I, 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 agree with that. Yeah, I, struggled. I think the way it happened is totally justified. I struggled. No, you're wrong. <laughs> am I? Am I though? Yes. Am I though? Hundred percent. Another yeah. show I want to throw into the mix in comparison, and I think it's a positive. You know, of course it's a positive thing. Is this is going to hurt in terms of it shining yeah. light yeah. on the intense pressure and extreme circumstances that these NHS heroes are working yeah. under? Yeah. And also, I just love the fact that again, you know, comparing it to a character in there. So with Shruti, who is a junior doctor, mm. I fucking loved her. And, you know, you empathised with her and, you know, you could really, you liked her, which is not obviously necessary in, in TV shows. But this Ramla character is just the polar opposite of her. And she is arrogant and 
uh, you know, precious. She isn't a team player. I just couldn't stand her. And incompetent. Her. Yeah, but also but just annoying. A, so fucking but you, annoying. But you, thing is, though, I think you can tell it's a front because she, when it comes down to it, she's really nervous about doing these, you know, these the, her job, things she has to do, these medical procedures. And I think, you know, there's a scene where it's the lumbar puncture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like that scene. I couldn't watch that scene. That's a tough scene, to show, <laughs> I have to say. Again, it's very gory as mm-hmm. well as it goes on. But, you know, I think so. she's got this kind of outward bravado, but I think it's that's what it is. She's hiding the fact that she's shit scared of what stuff she has to do. Yeah, but then she just like do what you're meant, you know, follow your I think your that ran true. I think the psychology of her Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it, you know. no, it definitely did. I'm just saying, as yeah. it, like, I, she really got my back up. Sure. I, I want to mention as well, it's directed by Philip Barantini and who directed Boiling Point, the film Boiling Point, the one take, yeah. you know, thing. And he Which does is a, coming to series as well. Exactly. But he does a really, that, the whole set piece sequence, that first sequence of when you're introduced to them in the hospital with the gun, the gun man and mm. the dying guy and the, and the, that is just brilliantly done. That whole sequence is fantastic. Also, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting how um, Lucinda, inverted commas, chokes a couple of times on making decisions. So there's one point where she's dealing with, a, I don't know if you mentioned a gunman. Did you mention a gunman? Yes, I just yeah. literally said gunman. Oh, wow. I mean, it was almost like, it's it almost like you were. I don't know if you mentioned in. the gunman yeah. as Boyd finishes saying the word gunman. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Uh, anyway, yeah. So there's yeah. there's a moment then, and there was another one where she has to make a decision with regards with regards uh, finding a bed, and you know people question her abilities based on the fact that she pauses and you kind of can see that but then you think oh my god in real terms that was like two seconds maybe Mm -hmm. a second or two and you realize what pressure there is to make these decisions and you feel really like because i think what's interesting about this is that this investigation is asking questions of like you know you kind of have to figure out yourself as well as the investigation is like who's in the right who's to blame should they be blamed should someone really lose their job and it's interesting questions because actually these decisions are having to be made on a daily basis, an hourly basis. And you just think, God, it's in that moment you can mm. say something. Was the instruction she gave not clear enough? Did she even give it? I had to rewind it because I was like, did I miss it? You know, like this. Mm. So I just thought it was very interesting in the portrayal of, you know, what they go through. It's very topical what with the young doctors, young doctors, junior doctors strike at the moment. Indeed, yeah. But also that it's the plot of this is at this point, certainly by the time you get to the first episode, impenetrable. Like as in but in a good way, in that yeah, yeah. there's something going on which isn't at all what you would think from a show like this mm. and I have no idea what it is What's only that, that I don't fully understand it yeah mm. the, the, she gets messages you can say yeah. she gets messages she's getting messages mysterious yeah. from a mysterious figure she's keeping there's more from, going on yes, here absolutely. than she fucked up a, a patient oh completely yeah, yeah it's fascinating yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is very interesting when does this land on ITV Boydie it lands on ITV on Sunday the 23rd of April 9 o'clock I don't know why that's funny <laughs> <laughs> just Sunday sorry, just the day of I the just, week no I'm just thinking of the government thing sorry <laughs> the what thing? Oh my god, he can't remember. See, I don't feel so bad. The gunman. Oh, we're still on the gunman. Oh, right. This the gunman. featuring gunman is on Sunday, ITV, twenty third of April, nine o'clock. Thank you very much. Right, let's move on to the final show of the week, and we have Drops of God on Apple, a show based on the hit manga series by Tadashi Aki. And while I absolutely, genuinely, without word of a lie, went into this thinking it was a supernatural thriller just based on the title, <laughs> no, turns no. out, turns out. It's about wine. Like, good wine, to be sure, but wine nonetheless. So, <laughs> Fleur Geffria stars as Camille Ledger, a French woman whose estranged father dies, leaving her his priceless wine collection. Only there's a minor 
catch attached to this. Uh, so there's no supernatural. There are no special powers, really, other than being able to smell wine. So not quite what I was thinking. Also, it's in Japanese, French, and English, all of which have subtitles. Uh, so I guess who better to discuss this than our <laughs> official non-English language correspondent, Kay Ribeiro. Kay, is this, I don't know, whining or winning? This is winning. I like this a lot. Yeah, as you say, so Camille is, she's a young woman who, when she grew up, she was taught how to recognise different flavours and tastes, you know, by her father, who is a guy called Alexander. He's incredibly rich. Um, They are estranged now. So 20 years on from when we see her growing up as a little girl, being blindfolded, tasting these different wines, she is living in Paris and they're She's estranged from her father who calls her from his deathbed. And then it's this race to get to him in time. It's really interesting. You see the dynamic between her mum and her. You know, the mum is quite, I'd say, she emotionally blackmails her. You know, she obviously fell out with the father and wants Camille to feel the same. But she does go to Tokyo. And then, as James says, it's this big thing of her inheritance. Are we going to say what the twist is? I mean, it's a... I think you kind of have to. So, so yeah, so there are two potential in inheritees, whatever you would call them, beneficiaries mm. of this of this world. Benefactors. Yeah, benefactors. No, well he'd be the benefactor. Oh, They'd yes. be the beneficiaries. So she's <laughs> she's his biological daughter and then he has a kind of an spiritual honorary son. Yes, a spiritual son who mm-hmm. is his kind of protege in the wine world. And the idea is they have to have a wine off essentially to yeah. decide who's going to inherit the estate. And this is like this is the greatest wine collection in the world. It's yeah. not just he's got a few bottles of rose tucked beneath the sofa. Is that where you keep wine? Probably not. But <laughs> it, this is the greatest wine collection in the world worth, I think it says something like $700 million. Yeah, a bajillion. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. lot. It's worth a lot. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's, you're not going to find this stuff in, I don't know, fresher. Mm. That's not the truth you're talking about. You're talking about the, the her, what happens to her when she drinks wine. Or, yeah, it, I, I mean, well. it's I mean, not it's fairly early on. Well, yes. it's not it's not overtly so, but you get the impression she's allergic to alcohol yes. in some yeah. fashion. Indeed. So. I actually meant James's twist, but yeah, she yeah, is allergic okay. to it. So every time she has it, she just like bleeds profusely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so there's this big thing and I just found the whole thing, like, first of all, I thought it was beautifully shot and I thought it was really intriguing because I, I wanted to know. So the really interesting thing is like she has memories of her past, but also then it's portrayed in a different way. So it's like different perspectives, like, was she forced to like taste wine or actually did she find that mm. nice way of spending time with her father? And- did you not think so? The, 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 the show opens with a wine, with a sort of not a wine tasting, a tasting scene where she's a little girl mm. and she's blindfolded and she's being given bits of food. Yeah, it wasn't being wine, forced was it? to identify yeah. the bits of fruit, in fact, and then mm. a bit of tree, but that's the whole other thing. A bit of moss. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah, genuinely, I was like, this felt like a supernatural thriller to me. I was like, she's got what? some weird sort of power. Like, what is it? Is she feeding her some no, magic James, stuff? Be- like, I was no. waiting for the supernatural stuff to kick in and it was I about think, 50 minutes I was, I was like this is about wine isn't it I think this is just the way you, you've wired your brain because it was clearly she was just she, he was trying to get her to you know use all her senses without being able to see see I thought he was, he was trying to tease out her superpowers well you've got a point to some extent I have to say loath as I am to support anything <laughs> you say about anything it is the story the, 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 there's a heavy emphasis on just how extraordinary their powers yeah. of um, determining wine yeah, that is true. And, and smell and taste of, of, of I think is extraordinary <laughs> to the point where it is almost a superpower mm. so I think there, it's valid in the way it's told not in the superpower that he's saying no 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 of course but yeah. but, but 
but analogous to a superpower, and deliberately so, I think. That's the whole point. You've, it's really about two extraordinary people with extraordinary powers who are, one of whom is extremely reluctantly thrown into a competition with the other one. Yeah. So I think it's, it isn't supernatural at all, but it definitely has that flavour to it. I think, you know, without no pun intended. <laughs> that's bouquet. <laughs> yeah, that's that bouquet. And that is deliberate, and it's part of the whole story. What's really interesting, and I think we have to deal with, is that the original Japanese manga that this is based on is about two Japanese yes. guys. Yeah. And the whole idea of a French woman mm. being inserted into the story, replacing one of those young French, French guys, does... It, I, it left me a little bit queasy, because it's like, oh, you couldn't have just had Japanese characters. You had to have some Western white woman, you know, in it. It, 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 it felt a bit like that Well, scenario. there is a Japanese, a purely Japanese adaptation of this yes, already. TV adaptation, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. So, oh, that's and I interesting. Can, I didn't know Yeah, that. so I, I feel like, on one level, it's, it's completely understandable, and it, of course it does make it much more sellable on a global basis that you've got a Western, white Western woman in the middle of it. But at the same time, you're like, mm, it just, I don't know, there's something slight... I, I would I think they if they really had the confidence to stick? I mean, it's, it would have been made, they're both men in the original, as I as, as I understand it, what yes. I've been reading up on. Um, so it's good in a way that there's a woman in it because otherwise it would have been very, very a, 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 it would have been a father with two son figures, one of whom is actual son and another son figure, and loads of male lawyers and dudes involved. It would have been I very duty. So that's good, but. You know, I, I, I feel like there's something a bit weird. It, it also feels a bit like random and stretched that it is a French. There's such a strong French element to it. I know wine is big in France, so yeah. we'll allow that. But that's my one. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, look, look, uh, look Boyd's <laughs> hatred of the French, yeah. notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> but having said that, the opening scene where uh, 20 years later and she arrives in this uh, this in this bar at uh, this kind of party thing, yeah. and it is 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 immediately this young dude pounces on it. Mm. It's really funny and clever and smart. And so, you know, I, I agree with you. It is beautifully filmed and everything. It's an odd series in that it took me a while to get over my... Lack uh, of supernatural superheroes. Yeah, frankly, I was quite gutted. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed that it wasn't about something weird and creepy and supernatural. And when I realised, because I did no research on this whatsoever before going into it, I was like, oh, wine. Okay. But despite that... By the time like it was the end of this, I was really gripped by it. Yeah, and and the fact that it's not in English, which for me, like having to read subtitles, you know, I don't like it. But I really enjoyed this. I actually thought it was really, really good. I was, I was, I found the idea of it, the fact that she she hasn't seen her father in decades, she's completely estranged from him. He's and then he's done this weird Brewster's Millions-esque kind of like inheritance thing. And as we find out, it's weirdly his way of getting to know her, or more specifically, getting her to get to know him because they have no relationship. And he thinks that this is... I mean, it's very controlling and actually a yeah, bit problematic. Yeah, that's, a, that's but, the thing. You can see it like that, or you can see that even in death, he's still playing oh, games yeah, and controlling her. Absolutely. He's being and, awful. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that, that I think she at least accesses that, that this is the only way she's now going to be able to access her father to get a relationship with him is to go through this ridiculous wine-off mm. with his protege. Um, I have no interest in wine whatsoever. So obviously that part of this is utterly lost on me. Although I do have a wine superpower. So there's a, there's a fact for you. On, so I went, to, I went to an Amazon event once and they were doing sort of like know, all kinds of stuff and there was, a, there was a wine section. I went up there and someone said, would you like some of this? No, I don't like wine. And then because I was just standing there, the sommelier came over and she went and she started asking me random questions. Do you drink, do you drink coffee? I went, no. She said, do you like dark chocolate? I went, no. She went, interesting. You're a super taster and walked off. I went, I'm sorry, what? And I wondered, I said, 
sorry, please come back. You can't tell me I have superpowers and then fuck off. Come back here. And so she came back and I said, well, what were you talking about? She said, oh, you, you know, you get super tasters. And I just looked up blankly. So she says to me, look, some people have a greater density of taste buds on their tongues than others. And basically those kind of people she don't... She was trying to pick you up. You she might have been. Like, oh she my might God, been. But she said, she said, she said, basically, uh, I think she was French actually, but she said, um, <laughs> she said these kind of people, they don't tend to like alcohol because it's too bitter. Like any kind of bitter taste, whether it be coffee, dark chocolate, they can't stand it. They tend to have very, very sweet tooths, but they can't deal with bitter taste. So they rarely like like the old alcohols because it's it's very, very bitter. So she was saying that'd be why you don't like, she said, do you like dessert wines? I said, I can stomach them because they're very sweet. You know, I say, yeah. This is the weirdest brag you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. It's not a brag. I'm just, yeah. I'm just telling it's, it's you. Kind of like, brag. I have it's a not, mutant no, power. Humble. I am sharing this with you. No, you I'm still, a super You did taster. drop the phrase, have like brilliant super... I'm yeah. a super yeah. Yes, it's, super it's my taster. wine super power. I'm yeah. a super taster. And this French woman kept on approaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the podcast? This is, oh. Does she listen to the podcast? Yeah. Well, not now that she finds out your hatred of our countrymen. <laughs> Boyd's <laughs> despising the French. Uh, the, but actually, her reaction to the, her having this, this problem with alcohol is it, it, brilliant. It's a, it's a brilliant um, twist on the mm. whole thing, I think. And again, I, I, I don't think it's spoiling because it it's in it's the first, in the first scene. scene. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But I thought that it just adds the whole layer of intrigue to the whole thing because she's going to have to deal with this fucking yeah. ongoing and she can't drink alcohol competition she can't drink mm. so it's it's fascinating but also the, the thing is they only have one taste of this yes. this, this drink yeah. this wine yeah. and then they have a Each. month yeah. to figure to out, figure out what it, where it's so from. it's really you know yeah. I was reminded they get to taste it again at the end of the month though oh do they yes they get oh, yeah. a second taste uh, okay. <laughs> listeners will not be surprised to know I was reminded of a brilliant Fraser episode all about the wine club that Fraser and Niles have <laughs> oh and they God. have a competition How does with each other <laughs> they have a competition with each other about wine tasting it's literally a mini this whole storyline in a tiny little perfect episode of Fraser. but this is really good are either of you like wine experts? I like a bit of wine. Uh, to be, at the moment, I'm not drinking much because of my high blood pressure. So, um, if at all. <laughs> Do you so, own a wine fridge, boy? <laughs> you strike me as the kind of person who would off. own a wine fridge. <laughs> James, dra- not James, Boydo no. drank so much champagne that he had to, you know, that's what. Flat. Strictly true. I had to stop drinking champagne yeah, at one point. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is medically, your first world yeah. problem. I had to cut back on my champagne. He was, he's quaffing so much champagne that he had to flare up a diverticulitis. It's really my medical history, by the way. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I don't even know what we're doing at this point. I will Drops say... Drops of God is yes. on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> yes, it is. From the 21st of April. You should definitely say that. We should definitely say he that. He hasn't even drunk any wine because he doesn't like it. I know. I know Even despite being uh, like a super wine person, we didn't ask you if you were a wine fan. Are you a super? Are you a super yeah. taster, Kay? Or just, just a super? fan of wine. Um, you like to guzzle a, a No, guzzle I don't. A... I, I occasionally like a glass of red wine, but I cannot have white wine after getting very drunk on it. And I'm, I'm yeah. to be fair, I'm not a big drinker. No. I'm very lightweight. Do you know? Do you know there is only one alcohol I actually like the taste of? Oh, let me guess. Oh, hold on. Hold um, on. It's okay. a good game. I think this is going to be blue WKD. <laughs> I will or, say, I went to university the year I think the Alcapops were. Yes, well, not, not the year or, they were invented, yes, but certainly. Or Arches and Lemonade. Arches and Lemonade. You have a vibe about Arches and Lemonade. Which is alcoholic lemonade. That was Tenants, quite big. Extras, that's the one that all the that's like just... homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do Tenants not drink. Super. It's not Tenants Extra. The only alcohol I genuinely like the taste Bailey's. of is Sambuca. What? No, James! It's Sambuca. Oh it's my absolutely God, true. James. 
absolutely true. You have blown my mind. <laughs> because yeah. I can't stand that. That is my worst. That's, that's yes, disgusting. I love it. Oh. Do you know I love what? it. I got in such a bad situation. You know, um, probably a, po- a story for off pod, but like, no, well, I mean, one of our, our, one of our co- ex colleagues just... yeah. uh, had a wedding reception. I went to that, and one of our mutual friends, Pete, designer, oh, yeah. names, was buying, names. No, that's fine. He was buying me um, a couple of um, sambucas. This was on top of a, uh, alcohol I'd consumed and not had a lot of dinner. And I passed out. You did you? Yeah, Sambuca I cannot just drink. Yeah, you out. it knocks wow. me out. Tequila, not so much. I love tequila, but yeah, sambuca, idiot. <laughs> Tequila's vile. Uh, no, sambuca. I yeah, no sambuca's great because it tastes like sweets. It tastes yeah, it's like, like cough medicine, James. Oh, yeah, oh, nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you like, how you like uh, I drink fennel tea. I can't. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do have some kind of weird freaking. It's my taste super tasting. Bugs. It's I my can't super stand tasting. That, that flavour at all. I hate seed, All of that stuff. I'm all about the sweet taste. Can't stand bitter. So let's say. I tried to to phase out. This is great, great TV podcast material here. I tried to phase out sugar in my tea and couldn't do it because tea is too bitter for me without something. So I started putting honey in, but I, like I couldn't. I need something to sweeten this. You can understand Just, that there is sugar in honey. To, like it's, it's, I know that, but it okay, feels. It feels I, think, I don't know. It feels better. I think you need to be told how to make tea. You think? No, it's too bitter. It's too bitter. It's literally bitter. No, it's not. Just a, it is. Do you know what? I tell you, who's great at making tea? Here we go. Boy, yeah. day. Is he? Yeah. He's a king. He I'll makes make tea. What's your secret? What's your secret? How do you make tea? If I you tell me you put the milk in first, we're done. Okay, so I'm going to Oh my God! You're one of those. You put the milk in before the hot me. water. Yeah, he can No, you, you can't do that because it, no. it, no, it, unfortunately, it lowers the temperature of the hot water so it doesn't percolate properly. No, I like. Absolutely I used to true. think that way. Yeah. Boyd has started go. now yeah. regularly making Pre- me tea every day. Well, Boyd has never offered to make me a cup of tea. Kind of, you so make, I, you know. He doesn't have to offer. What you do is you just go with him to the kitchen and you put your cup down. And then he just makes it. <laughs> it just makes you a cup yeah. of tea. All right, Boyd, I'll, I'll try one of your yeah. we'll one of your tea teas and we'll see what tomorrow. happens. Yeah. Will you try one of my fennel teas? Absolutely no, not. No. no, no. I'd rather set fire to my tongue. Disgusting. Well. I don't know what this podcast has been. We should talk about some of the other things that are out. Uh, so, The Diplomats. Netflix is The yes. Diplomats. Now, now, just to be absolutely clear, this is not The Other Diplomats, which Alibi. came out this year mm. on Alibi, the Sophie Rundle show, where mm. she's in, where was she? What country Barcelona. was she? In Barcelona. This is the one with Kerry Russell, and it's in America. She's, a, she's an American diplomat, uh, and this one comes to Netflix, but it is embargoed, so we will not be able to review that until Pilot Plus on Thursday, and we will talk about it then. Yes. Uh, there's a thing called Christian, which starts on Sky Atlantic now on Friday. This is an Italian uh, drama. This is, I think this is subtitled, Kay, mm. so you should like it. Um, and it's it's actually the second series of is Italian supernatural crime drama. This was the one. Oh, supernatural crime Yeah, drama. where there was a whole thing about the guy with stigmata on his hands, um, and etc. So, uh, it, part of that, it's got subtitles. This is the thing that James might actually quite like, because it's got a whole weird, freaky... Uh, quality to it. Oh, Barry is back. Barry's back on Monday. Barry's back on Monday. Barry's how back are we? How do we not review the final season of Barry? I, um, because we don't. We tend. We focus on brand new stuff. I know, basically. but I felt like that, that's something also, that you would have wanted to do. I think it's also embargoed as well. Oh. To be fair to me, but I, th- I thought I mentioned it on the discussion. Maybe I didn't. But anyway, I because yeah, I, I knew, think you did. Um, yeah, I think I did. Well, it's one of these because well, I'm not up to date with Barry. Right. We maybe need to have got Beth back in just to do Barry right. because yeah. she loves Barry. I think you did. Done it. Barry special. Done, there's a brilliant interview with him, isn't there? In, in the in magazine. The yes, that's right. Maybe we'll do a Barry spoiler special. Yes, that's, that's a good channel. It is a brilliant, brilliant show, I have to say. And I've watched the first couple of episodes of this new... This is the final series. Um, written. The whole thing is directed by Bill Hader this time around, by the way, the star. And it, and it starts with him in prison, and it is fantastic. It's a fantastic show. I would have been... So I, I was like, well, we, I don't think we can review it this week because of the embargo, because the fact that yeah. probably you've never watched an episode, as far as I'm aware, Kay, and James isn't up to date. So, yeah. 
I do. It's it's on my watch list. I very much want to watch all mm. of Barry. Uh, I did like it when we first did it. What else? Oh, so True Lies is on Disney Plus, oh, which yeah. is the uh, Disney Plus's weird adaptation of the Arnold Schwarzenegger film of the same name. We were going to review that, and then it's supposed to be absolutely awful. And I can't imagine a world in which it's not awful. And Disney Plus are almost pretending it doesn't exist. So yeah. none of these, I would say, are auspicious signs. signs. Mm. But should you wish to watch True Lies, the series, it lands on Disney Plus on the 19th. What else is there? Anything? Yeah, I think that's about it. Slip comes oh. to Roku. Roku? has an original show called Slip, oh, which uh, is on the 21st. I can't remember what it's about, so I can't oh, well, I tell much that about that. I missed that, sorry. I'm not going to lie, this has been a slightly shambolic episode of the podcast. I don't know what's... Yeah, <laughs> Whose fault is that? I don't know what's We happened. started off hating each other, then we got quite giddy. Yeah. And now we're ending with Boyd making us tea. Yeah, I, I, I'll report back on the tea. Obviously, Boyd can make me some tea, and I'll, okay. I will report back on the bitterness Riveting. or not Riveting. of the tea. Yeah, uh, we'll see. This, we'll, is, this is worth the uh, subscription fee. We should say it in yeah, the plus. That's true. Right? We should be saving all... This is gold. <laughs> we are saving all of this for, for Pilot Plus. Uh, and, you know, and if if uh, we get another, I don't know, like 50 five-star reviews, by next week I will buy everyone a bottle of Zambuca there you go that's oh, the oh uh... god can you imagine us <laughs> on a night of Zambuca wow. yeah. there we go hell. good times alright well I think we're done <laughs> I think that's it for this week's show uh, as ever do feel free to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five Zambuca rating which Kate in particular would very much appreciate and you can find us on social media at James C. Dyer at Boyd Hilton and at Kay Ribeiro I didn't mention this earlier but if you want your question read out in the podcast do please send them to us either on Twitter or Instagram at Pilot TV Pod except don't because Sophie who monitors those is off for the next week and a half so <laughs> maybe send yeah. them to me on Instagram at James C. Dyer it's all shit hasn't it the trio <laughs> <laughs> he's not like, we haven't checked picture. He's right. Yeah. We haven't even done pick of the yeah. week. Oh, it's James. all gone to shit, hasn't yeah. it? Which apparently we're supposed to discuss. Uh, okay, uh, right. We're supposed, and apparently form some sort form of consensus. consensus. Oh, that's okay. never happened, is it? Who would like to nominate a pick of the week? Um, I will say Dead Ringers. Okay. Boydie. Yeah, I think I agree. I love Malpractice as well, so it's a def- diff- very difficult one. I mean, they're all good, again, this week. You know, sorry, but that's just what's happening at TV at the moment. Um, but I think I'd go Dead Ringers. Yeah, I don't feel like Malpractice is on the same level as Dead Ringers. I agree. Mm, okay. I uh, do agree. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it wants to be Line of Duty for Doctors. I don't think it quite succeeds. But I do think it's fun. I enjoyed it. Okay, all right. In a rare But I will say, it's definitely better than The Rise of Skywalker. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's good. It's very similar. <laughs> Fine. So we agreed on Dead Ringers. Do we have a consensus on our Pick of the Week as Dead Ringers? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we were able to do that. Fine. Next week, we're going to have Big Tom Davis on the yes. podcast to talk about the Curse Series we 2. The After him. Party returns to Apple. Uh, uh, it doesn't, actually. That's been put back to July. <laughs> oh, The After Party <laughs> does not return to Apple because it's been put back to July. Uh, but the Russo brothers, yes. uh, they've got that ambitious multinational thriller city now that is coming to Prime Video and oh look Kay looks very excited that that's coming it um, is I believe embargoed but we'll see yeah, we'll, oh so we may not be able to talk about well, this we'll fabulous yeah. uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about that as well so if we do not see you on Thursday for Pilot Plus we will catch you on Monday for some all or possibly none of that <laughs> Pilot's out Pilot's <laughs> out